0: It's E three two thousand nine. Yeah. Project Natal has been announced. You see that Milo and Kate demo? Yeah, it was so convincing.
1: Was there something with a paper? I didn't watch it.
0: He showed the bottom of his avatar shoe. You ever want to see the bottom of an avatar sh- <laughs> shoe? Bam.
1: That's very rude to some
0: cultures. Infamous is coming out soon, I think. Maybe it already came out. Who knows? Crystal, I'd like to suggest that 2009 was a pretty bad year for E3.
1: <laughs> Batman
2: Arkham Asylum. Okay, granted, that was a pretty good video game at E3. Assassin's Creed 2. This one's set in Italy. Wow. I do like Italy.
1: Good trailer, right?
2: Wrong trailer.
1: Wrong trailer? Oh.
2: Yeah, he has a gun this time. What?
1: No, no, I was thinking about the...
2: I think it's the Brotherhood trailer that you really oh, like. Oh, okay. That's next year. Oh. That's some time from now.
0: What else happened in 2009?
2: Well, uh, they announced a Metroid game developed by Team Ninja.
0: What? Team Ninja? That's the maker of the Ninja Gaiden games. Yes, the
2: Ninja Gaiden games. Yes.
0: Those are some of the greatest action games on the Xbox. Those are some of the greatest action games, period. That must mean they were going to make a really good Metroid
2: That game. seems like the thing to safely assume.
0: Samus talks in this. I one. can't uh, believe. This, this one has like a story. We're going to get like insight into who
2: Samus is as a person.
0: That's Adam from Metroid Fusion. It's like a prequel.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know how I feel about this.
2: <laughs> I'm all about it. Let's go. I am so excited. I've <laughs> never been so excited for another video game based on the, co- the confluence of its concept. And the team behind it.
1: Crystal, did you watch this E3 live? Yes, I did. Okay. Cameron, do you remember how we were?
2: Um, Yes, we were in bed watching it on my laptop.
1: I was asleep.
2: You were mostly asleep, but you woke up for that other M trailer.
1: Uh,
0: You woke up for it?
1: I don't think I remembered it very clearly. You
0: did, though. Okay. I was like, Metroid. And you were like, Metroid!
1: Yes. Uh, Which trailer was this?
0: E3 2009. I will pull it up.
1: Okay. Was it the very commercial? No, no, no. Was it the nice music one?
0: No, I think that's actually one of the TV trailers.
1: Oh dear. Let's see, <sighs> Crystal, were you hyped for this?
0: I was. I was mixed on this because I was like, "That's not Metroid Prime." I know they just made three of those, but I wanted them to make the same thing forever,
2: <laughs> as was the style back in two thousand nine. Yeah. We're watching the trailer now
0: if you want to link crystal
2: there yeah let me just link you real quick it's um. yeah i got it okay it's very cg forward the first line in it is any objections lady
1: i hate to convey that i had a bad feeling right from the get-go but i had a bad feeling right from the (laughs) get-go
0: what gave you a bad feeling about this
1: i think there's a concept which is sometimes you should give the audience what they want but also sometimes you should not give the audience what they want (laughs) And I was feeling very strongly the latter. Uh, The whole Adam story was great as a very side one-off thing. I don't need to know the actual what happened. I made a lovely story in my head. Uh, I love the idea of Samus you know, being outside of her suit and walking around and doing things, which this trailer kind of implied. But I don't know if I really, really want them to do that. And uh, let's just say I had a feeling of dread.
0: Of Dread? Of, of
1: Dread, but not of Dread.
0: The the still not yet quite vaporware upcoming Nintendo DS game, Metroid Dread? Yes,
1: exactly.
2: That was the joke at the time. I guess it's still the joke now. 14 years on.
1: Uh, but Team Ninja's there. That's cool. But, yeah. Uh,
2: this was before, I think it was before Ninja Gaiden 3 and the studio uh, confirmably went to shit.
1: And... They make good action games, and surely Nintendo will control them and not make too many boob things in it.
0: (laughs) I think Itagaki had already been kicked out at this point. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. 2008, he got kicked out.
2: So we were all prepared to go, okay, well, the worst influence at Team Ninja is gone. Because obviously, at the time, all of us assumed that if anything wrong happened with this game, it would be down to Team Ninja. But that didn't turn out to be the case, now did it?
0: No, Team Ninja kinda made it, kinda made an interesting little game.
2: Yeah. And in terms of sheer mechanics, they made an interesting game. And they wanted to make a more standard to control game. You you read the whole thing where um, the director from Nintendo, Sakamoto, was the one who insisted on the NES style
0: Wiimote controls, right? Yes, he wanted to make an NES game with modern technology. And you know what? He was right to do so. It's an interesting experiment because Metroid mm-hmm. Two and Metroid One only needed two buttons and a D-pad. It
2: is indeed an interesting experiment. Um and I would also agree that it was worth doing. Would you say that it is the right decision for the game as she has played? I don't know. I haven't played. That's <laughs> completely fair. I shouldn't I shouldn't throw that yeah,
1: at you. I I think more like you can admire a goal, but uh did how did it play? Was there waggle? Um
2: there was IR aiming sometimes, and sometimes you had to hold the Wii remote directly upright to refill your missiles in the middle of combat. And anytime you wanted to shoot missiles, Samus had to lock herself in place in the middle of a Ninja guidance speed action sequence so that you could aim manually within the relatively narrow field of vision that she had. Okay. It was bad.
1: Do we know the... The inspirations or motivations behind this game. What do you mean? Have, uh, what what caused? Of course, there must always be another game in the franchise. But yeah, the 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 posited reasonings for what was going to happen with other M, uh, as professed by Sakamoto, <laughs> it it seems pretty clear to me, at least, that the Prime games were pretty successful.
2: The most successful Metroid had ever been.
1: Yeah. Pretty lauded across all the review sites. Uh, People were saying what a badass Samus was. And then this kind of diverged, this cold bounty hunter reserved lady, from the image that Sakamoto had of her in in his head.
2: It's time for people to see the real Samus, which is the Samus as depicted in Metroid Other M.
0: Yes, I guess the two goals Sakamoto has for this game are one, He wanted to make an action game that would appeal to modern players, an NES game with modern technology. And he wanted to show the character of Samus Aran. As she really is. (sighs) As As,
1: as people did not know she was and wrongly assumed she was something else. (laughs) Death of the author (laughs) is a beautiful concept.
2: That's true. We might as well stop beating around the bush. Uh, We watched this a week ago. Uh Uh-huh. And we watched it actually on video. You can see that if you subscribe to Crystals Patreon. That's the only place you will ever be able to watch that video.
1: Subscribe to Patreon. Crystals. Yeah.
2: But, um, so what, just for initial impressions before we start doing our whole recap slash thematic breakdown. what's Now that we've had a week to sit on it and sort of digest and decompress, what do we think about Metroid Other M? The
0: game is a remake of Metroid Fusion for some reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I guess I don't know why they made it a remake of Metroid Fusion it's a that's what I'm still thinking it's
2: about. a remake prequel even a, a remake prequel a premake a premakequel
1: this yes. has essentially happened with some of the other Metroids we've examined it was
2: super Metroid to the original Metroid yeah
1: and it seems to have worked well for Super Metroid nobody really minded the weird you know we're, we're doing it again that's okay. We just add in some extra plot points where we find appropriate and it's the same thing but it's a new thing. If you want to experience Other M, this is my thoughts, watch the live commercial with the really bitchin' music.
2: Oh yes. Um, The song I think is called Alone in the Universe.
1: I think so. Uh, It's not in the game and that's all you need to know about the game. And that's enough about the game.
2: No, it's not. This whole episode is about to be about the game.
1: Oh.
0: Monica, you really hate this game.
1: I do not love this game.
2: Last week was actually the first time she's experienced the story.
1: I have been holding back on absorbing any aspect of this game.
0: So it, it was not better than you had imagined?
1: No, it was not. It was, at best, on par, at worst, even worse than I had imagined. Um... Which is quite a feat, because my imagination can go a ways.
0: Yeah, I would also say that this is worse than I had imagined it to be, based on its oh, reputation.
1: okay. How wonderful. <laughs> How wonderful wow. that it can be okay. worse, worse than our imagination.
2: So you assume that its reputation was at least partially unearned, and was like a reflexive gamer response to this weird thing.
0: Yeah, it's sort of become its own little uh, meme, you know? Mm-hmm. You know how gamers are. They love to exaggerate things. They love to repeat things to other people say. Gamers time. do love to do... This is a
2: podcast partially about gamers loving to do that. We we talk about a series that is memed as a collection of the best video games of all time, regardless of whether or not we also share that opinion.
1: I uh, I hate to, to retread some of this, but something that some of our listeners might not have heard because they're jumping across episodes. But I was pretty sure when the game was coming out that I was not going to play it. And Cameron was the bold soul who decided on our end that he would. And he was hyped for it.
2: I was so excited. Was I was so, so fucking excited.
1: And he loads up the game and I leave him at it for a while. And you measure the little f- smiley face on <laughs> his mouth. And in the first hour, that smiley face is, is, is the line.
2: Confused.
1: And then uh, another hour passes and it is a sad face. <laughs>
2: I did get progressively more crestfallen as the game went along. It's just
1: so sad.
2: <laughs> Monica's saddest gaming experience is watching my slow building disappointment in Metroid Other M.
1: I wish you could all have seen it. I don't. It, was a, it wasn't a performative thing. It was just, you were just sad. <clears throat>
0: anyway, so we all watched it. We all agreed. Yeah. It's not a very good story. It's an expression of Yoshio Sakamoto's thoughts and feelings. About Samus Aran, his daughter. About Samus Aran's thoughts and <sighs> feelings, yeah. His daughter. He cashed in all his chips on this one. He did. Every amount
2: of cultural uh, cash cachet, cash that he had, um, he, he definitely pulled out all the stops here. He got together three separate companies, including Nintendo, to all come together and perfectly realize his vision. And he said after this game was released, there was not one thing that he would go back and change. Everything came
0: out exactly the way he envisioned it. And when D. Rocket's company showed him the storyboards, he was at a loss for words. Because truly his story had been illustrated beyond his wildest imagining. I, I kind of respect it.
1: Do I respect it? It's like
2: he made the thing he really wanted to make and it came out just as he wanted it to be even if there's flaws in the thing itself i respect that he put his whole ass into making something like this even if it ends up being reviled and also misogynistic and weird and boot licking and i am so fucking angry all over again
1: Are, how do you feel about the, the sakamoto statement crystal now after having experienced other
0: m i mean i i i feel sympathetic to his position you know he 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 did make exactly what he wanted to make and everyone hate and that's gotta be rough for him even though i i am also guilty of hating <laughs> it. so you know I, it, it's it's a tough mixed feeling where it's like your story sucks man, <laughs> but i'm sorry it's like he put his soul out there
1: i i have no sympathy
2: i have a lot of sympathy what i've gone to like writing classes at a nearby community college and one of the things i've learned about people when they put these things out is that even if they're not very good at something, they can still be hugely proud of it because it is an honest and frank representation of themselves. And it makes them naked and vulnerable in a way that's very difficult to convey if you don't see the look on their face when they expect you to see the same value in it that they see.
1: But Muffet down <laughs> It's sure. You 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 realized your vision and uh,
2: and then people told and then people didn't like it. Not only didn't like it, they called it woman hating
1: mm-hmm. because it is. Yeah,
2: they called it character assassination because this makes no sense for Samus because that's true. They called Adam a Sakamoto self insert because he is.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm empowered in this assessment that I have no sympathy for him because. He had everything going for him to to write anything on his plate. He could have wrote this as a nice little A O three
2: could have been good fanfic,
1: which you know, publish that online. You can include all the other bits that you definitely couldn't put into a Nintendo game if you wanted, and that would be fine.
2: It would have been a good video game.
1: No, I mean, like that would have been a, a fine fic for the people who needed it at the, on the side. Okay, yeah. When you're writing. You need to write for others as well. Look, maybe you don't. Let's argue about that. But I expect you to write for a wide range of people.
2: Crystal, do you think it's fair to say that Other M is more interesting as a work than it is as a story? Like, it's more interesting to talk about the process that went on behind it. Yeah, I
0: would say it is more interesting as a production than as a product.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's... I'm definitely in line with that because... As a production, it's sort of fascinating. You get uh, Sakamoto and Iwata talking, and the Iwata asks about the game, about all of the different ideas. Like, Crystal, you like the idea of an NES game made with modern technological standards.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan of the experimentation that was happening on the Nintendo Wii. And in fact, I enjoy that as a concept too. I like
2: lots of games that are made according to those ideas. But, God, the thing itself is so limp.
1: Do you think that there could be an effective character action game with just the Wii I
2: Not in the style of Ninja Gaiden like Metroid Other M is, no. But that's me.
1: Was Bayonetta on the Wii?
2: It was on the- No. Oh. 360. 360 and PS3 originally.
1: Oh, okay. Bayonetta team. here's the
0: two buttons you need if you're breaking down the chart. Oh, Jesus. You need attack and you need block. And if you block at the right time, it's a parry.
1: There is the A button and then the back B button.
0: There's
2: one and two.
1: Okay. You can't reach those so good unless you you handle it like an NES.
2: Yes. So effectively when you're holding it like a Wii remote, you have access to the D-pad the A button, the B button, the 1, and the 2. Maybe the plus and minus if you're nasty.
1: Oh, wait, but no uh, no analog stick.
0: Yes. You don't need an analog stick. Mm. We didn't need an analog stick for PS1 games. That's true, but Crystal, so I'm going to be real with you. PS1
2: games that try to be character action games aren't really a thing for a good reason.
0: They, you don't need a, uh, analog stick for PC games. They be, they're doing wasty over there. Okay, but that ain't where Devil May
2: Cry was born.
0: You just have lock on. Nor
2: is it where Ninja Gaiden was born. I think that it's interesting that Team Ninja tried to talk Sakamoto out of it, being like, "Just let us use the pla- classic controller, please. Let us use the classic controller."
0: Well, I'm glad that he he pushed for just one week.
2: I'm glad for it removed by 13 or 14 years because now it's an interesting historical artifact. But as the guy who was playing that game 13 years ago, I'm still mad.
1: I wonder, because if it played well, let's assume that the the story was exactly the same, but the action controls were unbelievably good.
2: They were just like Ninja Gaiden Black sure. in terms of how... Okay, you don't have perspective for that. No, I don't. But it's... One of the greatest action games of all time.
1: Okay. Uh, would you have replayed it?
2: Yes. Skip all the cutscenes. Just go absolutely ape. And I think that people also would have had a gentler perspective on the game on the whole. If it had just been a really rootin' tootin' high quality sort of action game.
1: I agree. What do you think, Crystal?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like Ninja Gaiden has a good story either. Oh, no, it's dog shit. <laughs> Skip the No one cares Once you get Like
2: once Back in 2003 Those FMVs were super impressive Like they were wild Back on the original Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox That may have even been 2002 They blew my mind Ryu is so hot Anyway Mm -hmm. But once you get past The um, The novelty of seeing them And you realize they're not Like they have no substance You can just skip them And play the really good video game
0: Could you even tell me The story of Ninja Gaiden Sadly yes I could (laughs) Please tell me, because I I I remember, like, scenes. I don't remember the story. So
1: there's this really hot guy named Ryu. Yeah, he yeah. You can watch him put on his outfit.
2: That does happen after the first chapter. Okay, so in the original... We're, we're just talking about not the original Ninja Gaiden, but the first Itagaki Ninja Gaiden on the original Xbox. Yes. Okay, so the Hayabusa Ninja Clan are the guardians of the Dragon Sword. And there is a demonic creature who has come to rule over a region of the world called Vigor and the (laughs) Vigorian Empire. And this creature wants possession of the sister blade to the true dragon sword, the Dark Dragon Blade. And the Dark Dragon Blade is a source of potentially infinite demonic power, which a demon would want that, right? So the entire Vigorian Empire... Um, which is one half techno-crazy bullshit, the other half like ghosts and demons and shit, attacks the Hayabusa ninja village while Ryu is away. And he comes back partway through the invasion. And he fights his way back... Wait, no, it's not while he's away. The game starts out with you going and treating with your uncle in a neighboring village. And while you're treating with him, the Vigorian Empire attacks your home village. So you head back during a really nice-looking FMV... Fight your way through the village. See your childhood sweetheart get cut down by the secondary antagonist, uh, Doku. (laughs) And I've spent a long time having trouble uh, saying Doku or Dooku when talking about the respective characters. Because they were very relevant around the same time. Yeah. And um, Doku kills Ryu on the spot. Cuts him in half from shoulder to hip along his back. Severs his spine. He just fucking dies. But Ryu comes back to life driven by uh, a need to carry out his duty to retrieve the Dark Dragon Blade. And most of the story from there is just him tearing ass through the entire Vigorian Empire. He goes down through a bunch of catacombs and caverns and discovers ancient demonic secrets and meets up with a, um, I don't know how else to describe her, but as a big titty demon slayer named Rachel. in Breasting
1: boobily. She
2: is breasting boobily all over the screen. And she's, uh, she's also decked out in like a weird comic book version of what a dominatrix might be wearing, I guess. She's got a big axe. And she gets eaten by a slime monster and you have to cut up the slime monster to cut her out and uh let's see her sister is kidnapped by doku and turned into a demon you end up having to kill her sister the last you see of the two in the story is after you kill her sister alma she reverts back to her human form and rachel the demon hunter is holding her naked sister's corpse as you leave them behind anyway you hunt down doku you kill doku you fight doku's ghost after killing doku then you hunt down the vigorian emperor and he's this big demon guy and it's like oh it's such a cool fight you fight the vigorian emperor i've destroyed his whole army at this point why not kill him so you fight him and you kill him and you're like all right game over except it wasn't over the real bad guy all along was your uncle and he has the dark dragon blade now <laughs> and he turns into a super demon and then you got to cut up your big demon double uncle Anyway, Ninja With Gaiden, the,
1: the light dragon sword? Yeah, the
2: true dragon sword, which you created by going back to, the original, to your own village and getting the Magatama that your childhood sweetheart always wore around her neck and affixing it to the bottom of the dragon sword, which upgrades it to its final capacity. Anyway, you kill your uncle, and Ninja Gaiden is a very silly story.
0: Is it a better story than Metroid Other M?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> In the same sense that the Lego movie is a better uh, story than Barbie. We're all in agreement here, I think. I don't know. I don't know what Crystal thinks about the Lego movie as compared to Barbie. Crystal, what do you think?
0: Um, I guess I prefer the Lego movie to Barbie slightly.
2: Yeah, it's a very slightly sort of thing. And that Metroid Other M tries to be so much more than Ninja Gaiden is. Because Ninja Gaiden is just breasts flying all over the screen and heads flying through the air after the breasts. And sometimes you get some really cool action sequences. It's nothing.
1: It's just like the Lego movie.
2: It's just like the Lego The Lego movie is just a fucking toy commercial. It's just a toy commercial. It's like, look at all these different things you can do when you have all your Legos. If you spend $500,000, you could also build the
0: entire set of the Lego movie. Fuck you. Legos are emotionally important to childhood, we we are
2: asserting That is what they assert. And it's like, okay, they're being very naked about the capitalistic urge that they are trying to evince in the viewers. They want to, you to go out and buy fucking Lego sets. Fine. And then the Barbie movie comes along and it is trying to critique its own content and it has a lot more trouble managing the tension between
0: critique and capital.
1: It's hard when you're you're making your movie about Barbies. And that's as a person who had Barbies.
0: They could have just made a Barbie movie. It didn't have to be like a referendum on the value of the Barbie intellectual property. That's just the thing, though.
2: Barbie movies have been made for years and years and years, the CG movies in particular. And to the best of my knowledge, there's an entire generation of women who cut their eye teeth
0: on those movies and love the shit out of them. Yeah, those movies aren't bad. Like, <laughs> There's, a, there's a, a free YouTube web series. I think it's called Life in the Dreamhouse. It's not bad.
2: I, I've heard that... Uh, There's a few of them that I always hear over and over again. Barbie, Prince and the Pauper, or Princess and the Pauper. Yeah, I watched that one. That was pretty good. See? And it's like, sometimes a naked thing made as a tie-in can be artful in a way that critique sometimes falls through at. It's very complicated. I wish that I liked the Barbie movie more than I did, because Margot Robbie's very good in it. Ryan Gosling's very good in it. I really liked the... The rivalry between the two Kens, that was nice.
1: I like the set design, I like the costumes. The musical
2: number was great. I
1: laughed through a bunch of it.
2: Visually a fine visually film. Visually a fine film.
1: Like Metroid Other M? <laughs>
0: yeah, Metroid Other M is visually a fine game.
2: Also visually, um, actually I think that a lot of the set design kind of sucks ass during the film part, so I don't know if it's visually a fine film. But visually a fine game.
1: yeah. take back what I said moments ago. Uh, You don't have to write to a larger audience. You just have to make it good. And that means that you have to make it good versus writing for yourself. If you can write for yourself and make it good at the same time. Perfect. Perfect.
2: But not a lot of people can do that.
1: No. But I don't mean to say, like, you got to write to the lowest common denominator so you make blockbuster millions. No.
2: I guess the big difference between Metroid Other and... and Barbie is an unscalable wall of naked misogyny. But the other part of it is that Barbie made a million billion dollars. It made like a billion dollars, right? That's I think right. it was the
1: best-selling movie of 2023.
2: And, and that's saying a lot in the year that Mario came out. Mm-hmm. And the Metroid Other M bombed spectacularly.
1: How many copies were left over at EB Games?
2: When I worked there, more than I want to talk about.
1: It's so sad.
2: It's not happy. This killed the Metroid series for a decade. It did. And Metroid Samus Returns was just like a way to dip their toe back in the water and test things to see if they could get a studio working to produce a decent Metroid game.
1: Can you imagine how many meetings they had about what happened with Other M?
2: I don't know. I don't know how they do meetings about that sort of thing. I know that the bean counters were doing a lot.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just factoring all of them. There's the bean counters meeting, then the bean counters report to, you know, the wider team or the execs. And then there's like, you know, where did we um, go wrong? Like, let's do a, um, what do you call it? Surgical breakdown.
2: Yeah, postmortem.
1: Postmortem. Thank you. Uh, Then there's the really hush-hush meeting about Sakamoto.
2: Oh, I don't think Sakamoto was ever in danger.
1: There was at least one hush-hush call or discussion about him.
2: Oh, come on. He had Rhythm Heaven under his belt. He's the WarioWare guy. The thing about Sakamoto is he made one really, 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 really bad stinker and Other M. But otherwise, he mostly makes pretty good video games. He's also Old Guard. Yes. He has been around since the NES days.
1: It is impressive how they did not fire him. Or confine him to a windowless room, I guess. Oh. Japanese equivalent. Jesus. It's kind of impressive. I I don't know what I could say about- If
2: if Monica wasn't in charge of Nintendo, he would have gone to jail.
1: I would have, and hopefully they actually did this one, gone through some rehab with him of like, maybe this is your vision. (laughs)
2: Fucking rehab.
1: But maybe like, you shouldn't just try to fight against what a large group of people think about your character- even if you feel very precious about her. And maybe take a class about how to write women. Uh, uh.
2: I think that's actually an interesting point to bring up. Um, The question of pushing back or supporting the way that people interpret your work. And I feel like that's something you can see in other Nintendo games as well, like uh, Legend of Zelda games. Crystal, what do you think about the assertion that Zelda games exist as a response to the desires of players. Um, what do you mean? I mean that Zelda games specifically try to give people what they want, or at least explore avenues searching for things
0: that people might want, instead of actively rejecting what people want. Well, Miyamoto has said before that he tries to not care too much about what the audience wants, but at the same time, he is making a product to be sold to an audience that needs to want to buy it. Miyamoto also hasn't been in charge of the Zelda series for like 20 years. I think... Yeah, but that's a common Nintendo philosophy. Go ahead.
1: I think that the most naked that has been with the Zelda franchise was Twilight Princess. Cater to what the audience wants. And it's a good example of why I needed to take back my previous words, because you should just cater to the audience. Yeah. Uh. But what this brings to mind for me is more something that i think onoma has spoken of and it's what sakurai has really spoke of with respect to his games which is in making a work involving a large group of people there has to be a leader stewarding the ship making the big decisions cutting out you know even things that some of the team members really really want and insisting on certain decisions that others might not like.
2: I mean Sakamoto did that here.
1: He did. I I don't know how I feel about this soul leader steering thing, but we definitely see one example of where it can go horrifically wrong.
0: We're trying very
2: hard not to talk about it. <laughs> I was just going to say we have we have gone a hot minute without describing a single aspect of the game's plot outside of it being a Metroid <laughs> fusion remake.
0: Okay. Let, let's... Should I read from the manual? I actually... Yeah, please do. I don't have the manual. you link me?
1: Yeah. There was still a manual.
0: This Yes, this was the final days of manuals. They were pretty thin, but they still existed. The true tail end. The story so far. I had gone to planet SR388 to destroy the Metroids. After a deadly struggle, I managed to defeat the Queen Metroid. And as I was preparing to return a baby Metroid hatched before my eyes. As I was the first thing the baby saw, it took me to be its mother. I felt that studying the baby might produce some peaceful applications, so I took it back to the Galactic Federation. But that baby Metroid was attacked in the middle of an experiment and fell into the hands of the space pirates who were led by Mother Brain in the hopes of rescuing the baby. I infiltrated the stronghold controlled by Mother Brain on planet Zebes. But Mother's overwhelming power brought me to the brink of death. And then the strangest thing began to restore vigor to my spirit's light, which was so close to going God. out. Why am I still alive? The baby protected me from Mother Brain's attack. It gave me power. And then the baby was destroyed above my head. Mother, time to go mother brain the space pirates and the metroids were terminated along with the planet zebus i don't know how much time passed since then i was traveling in my starship when i unexpectedly received a signal code name baby's cry a common sos with the urgency of a baby crying the nickname comes from the fact that the purpose of the signal is to draw attention the signal was coming from a remote Part of space. I alter the course of my ship as if this detour had already been part of my flight plan. Baby's cry. It was as though it was crying specifically for me.
2: She has maternal instincts, do you get it? But
1: more so than the mother. <laughs> Which I'll just-
0: ref- Now, the most- No, go on. No.
1: Why you abbreviate that? Go ahead, Crystal.
0: Uh, The most interesting part of this to me is when she says, I don't know how much time passed since then. Then referring to the end of Super Metroid.
1: Yes. That is a bit...
0: Could she be a clone? It's, you know, it's funny you ask that. (laughs) Are we going to do Samus clone theory? Yes. Monica did
2: bring this up during Other M and she's talked with me a little bit about it off mic and it makes a lot more sense than I want it to.
1: Let's trade with this <laughs> on its surface on the, the, the expected uh, way the author wanted us to, and then let us diverge into clone theory. Okay. Uh, it is strange how she can't keep track of time. She is in a technologically futuristic space where I'm sure there's a, a clock on her dashboard.
2: She's definitely got calendars. Mm?
1: The Game opens with the cutscene with the lines, Crystal, that you recited, uh, specifically, why am I still alive? Is the first thing said?
0: Yes. That's right.
1: And then mother, time to go.
0: Well,
2: no, you forgot the baby.
1: Oh, the baby. Yes. Right, yes it's ba- the sec- baby was the second thing. Yes. And then mother, time to go.
2: It's her second line.
1: We are reliving the end events of Super Metroid because, because it was an award-winning moment. That impacted a lot of people. Yes. Was that still directed by uh, Gunpei Yokoi? I'll check. Because I know there was something that Sakamoto said, I was very touched by what Yokoi had done.
2: I believe that he was touched by Metroid 2. Okay, cool. Uh, Sakamoto is listed as the director of Super Metroid. Okay. Which is why I've argued that everything that happens in Other M starts in Super Metroid.
1: Including the Samus narration.
2: Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Crystal, do you remember what happens after the cutscene?
0: Samus wakes up like Master Chief and d- does a little training to get her back into fight and shape.
2: This is supposed to be immediately after uh, the events of Super Metroid where she returns to Federation space to make her report on the bounty she's supposed to
0: receive, I guess.
1: Yeah, this is not before she lost the a- count of time.
0: So it seems like she's been in a fugue state for some time, just reliving this trauma. Yeah, she's definitely
2: having nightmares of that scene over and over while she's in the medical bay.
1: You think it's a nightmare?
2: I mean, we're supposed to take it as, like, a memory or a nightmare. Yes, that's why she wakes up out of it.
1: Okay. It has the feeling of, like, a memory being downloaded or
2: uploaded. Okay, we're not doing that really okay, yet. Okay, but...
1: Even independent of anything else, it's like, where the, did that...
2: The framing is very weird.
1: It's pretty weird framing. I, I'd like to also posit that if your de- decontamination process involves having to, to put people down, you're going to have trouble getting people in and out of ships.
2: When you say putting people down, what the fuck does that mean?
1: Uh, Out, like...
2: Oh, make them unconscious? Yes, a,
1: a general anesthetic. Which I'm assuming she was not just taking a nap on the thing. I she think was, she fell asleep. What? Yeah. Crystal.
0: No, she was definitely unconscious. Yeah, she was sleepy. She's a sleepy lady. Who? No, she has like an oxygen mask on. That's true. I guess they did gas her up.
1: That's a very cumbersome decontamination
0: procedure. Well, she had to be especially decontaminated of all Metroid particles.
1: Uh, Yes, the the scientist also assures her with the the, you know evil glasses that evil
2: glass flash.
1: He he gave her suit an extra polish, which. Ew. Which, which means
2: he was polishing her suit while she was unconscious, because you can't take it off of her. Ew. Did that did that aspect of it hit you while we were watching, Crystal? I guess he must have done that, yeah. yeah.
1: But where did her suit go?
2: Um, It went away once she was... Com-
1: Being I, traumatized?
2: I guess. This is the game that uh, establishes that if Samus gets too upset, she can't henshin.
0: <sighs> All we know about the timeline is that it has apparently been long enough that... People's recollections of the Metroids and the Space Pirates grew nebulous over time, relegated to a past concern of the galactic communities. Nothing more than a faded memory. Now, about how much time do you think that would take? Maybe about 100 years.
1: Uh, in our quick social media uh, society, two weeks.
0: Two weeks, okay. So 100 years
2: versus two The weeks. Federation do be on their phones, I have to admit.
1: I'm sure another galactic threat has reared its head.
0: How long does it feel to you, Crystal? I think it's been two months.
1: Okay, I can go with two months.
2: I think it's probably been a little bit longer than that.
1: Couple of news cycles.
2: Well, because like it's, it's not just about it falling out. Because Samus isn't hooked into the culture at the moment. She's extremely isolated in a way that means she's not familiar with any conversations around any of this shit. The thing is that this facility... The Bottle Ship, because it's shaped like a baby bottle. They call it the Bottle Ship, and it's shaped like a baby bottle for the baby.
1: (laughs) With the Baby's Cry SOS, which calls attention, unlike other SOSs.
2: Other SOSs, they're not as urgent. It is so massive, it seems to me that it would take some time to build a station to those specifications. And the program for cloning the Metroids seems like, through flashbacks, it was running for a certain amount of time. Maybe a year, maybe longer.
0: But it could have been running before Super Metroid.
2: Sure, but the stuff that goes on with... You know what? Maybe you're right. We'll talk about it a little bit further in.
1: The second Death Star took four years to construct. Oh,
2: that's right. I don't know if this is as big as the Death Star.
1: Well then, less than four years. It doesn't years. have to take as
2: long. I, I find that impossible to argue with right now. In fact, where's my whiskey? Um... So, Samus gets baby's cry, she goes to the bottle ship to investigate, thinking about the baby. She's thinking about the baby even when she's not talking about the baby. That's one of the things about this, is that Samus doesn't actually say the line, the baby, that often during this game.
1: But she thinks it an awful lot. Yeah. There's a lot of internal narration.
2: Crystal, how internal is this narration?
0: She explains every single feeling that she has in great detail. And also everything that's happening on screen. Yes. Yes.
1: I think, Crystal, you, you pointed out when we were watching it, this movie would be like 20% better if we just cut out the narration.
0: Yeah, because you can get it from just the character interaction. And you can communicate things visually.
2: You can. Friends, for those who haven't watched the video, go give Crystal your money so you can watch the fucking video to see what we're talking about. But there's it's it's not just a thing where Samus will talk about the suspicions that she has about other people or anything like that. She will spend significant amounts of time where Adam will say something curt and turn away, and then Samus will soliloquize about his tone for 15 seconds straight.
1: And what it means, and how he said it in the past, and another memory in which he had done something
0: similar. You know what would make this make sense? If she was some kind of clone <laughs> that was learning to process her feelings for the first time. Yeah,
1: or also if, you know, you, you spent your entire childhood with him, so he is an important father figure in your life.
2: Or you just, like a ex- clone. Or you just existed with modified memories. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, those would all make it kind of make sense.
2: But that makes the power dynamic of the game very different. Yes. And actually sort of interesting. <laughs>
1: I want to see. I don't want to see.
2: Come on, say it.
1: I, I don't want to see, but I just did a quick Google and couldn't find it and was surprised. A no narration cut of the cinematic scenes of Metroid Other Amp.
2: Oh, so it's just like a silent cut?
1: I mean, the, the voice, like when people speak, <laughs> you can have narration, but everything else, no. Oh,
2: that would be hard.
1: Just mute it.
0: <laughs> but you mute? I, don't know, I'll I think
1: people can pick up from context.
0: Then you have to re-edit back in the music and sound effects. Oh, yeah. Well, alas. (laughs) Alas indeed, Monica.
1: If there were more people who cared about this game, maybe it would happen. It could. Or this franchise, even. Because heaven knows that people have tried to improve the prequels and uh, postquels.
0: Prequels need no improvements. Well, that's not true. I'm not as... The prequels are pretty good.
1: There's things to... Hmm. I have to constantly reward it. Uh, they're not any worse than some of what people like as the best. Yeah. That was walking in delicate tightrope.
0: What are we we talking about? Star
1: Wars.
2: Oh, okay. That's very true. Some people hold some things at the best that aren't the best.
1: Whew. Uh, where are we? Okay. So, Samus goes to the bottle ship. There's a small platoon squad? Squad. Of people there. Uh, there's Adam, which is her former uh, commander. And Anthony, remember him?
2: God, the fact that Anthony was the first real meme of Metroid Other M because that Remember Me line was in the E3 2009 trailer.
1: That voice actor did a great job.
2: He really carried it a lot further than you would assume. He was <sighs> still a giant, affable, physically unstoppable black dude. But, he you was know, in a
1: stereotypical role, but it, he... It was...
2: It was <laughs> It was at least trying to be a benevolent stereotype, I guess. He did what he could with the the work that he was given. Nothing. No shade on the actor. And and
1: Chris, do you remember the other team members?
2: Goatee man. True. Yes.
1: Japanese man.
2: Um. Yeah. It was like JD or something. His name. Yes, it was it. And then it was like Lyle. Lyle was the hacker guy. Goatee man was James. And he was the communications expert. JD, I can't remember what the fuck he did. Um, Anthony was Heavy Weapons. Monica's looking up a list of these characters to see if she can remember them.
1: Lyle Smithsonian.
2: Sorry, Lyle Smithsonian.
1: Maurice Favreau.
2: Maurice, that was his name.
1: James Pierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KG Misawa.
2: KG, sorry, not JD. I fucking forgot Their roles Maurice. don't really
1: matter. Don't worry about it.
2: Hey, Crystal, these are the
0: main characters of the game. That's right. Samus has a flashback explaining that she used to serve in the Galactic Federation army. And we get a scene of her and the squad on some rocky orange planet fighting somebody who we do not see. Do you think this is a war? It looks like some kind of war.
1: Is the Federation in a war? Yeah, were they fighting? We have no answers, but, uh, space pirates? (laughs)
0: if it's on on this random
2: planet? I mean, if it's Space Pirates, why wouldn't it be like um oh what do you If it's Space Pirates, why wouldn't she be in her power suit?
1: Oh, was she not in her power?
0: She is in her power. Oh, okay. Suit. Sorry. That's what she fights in.
1: I But if it was Space Pirates, historically, uh the the Galactic Federation has just posted a bounty called it a day.
2: Oh yeah, sorry. I'm looking at the scene now and she's uh She's totally in her power suit while in the army for some reason. What else would she be in? I mean, I can't imagine that she would be in the Galactic Federation army in the first place, but I guess Fusion fucking established that, didn't it? Yes. Fucking Fusion.
1: She did have a CO.
2: God damn it. All this shit stuff.
1: Maybe it was a very brief experience. Maybe they just added in a bounty hunter to a... a, uh... Military
2: operation.
0: Now, see, that's... Yeah, it seems like Samus is there for maybe like a month. But you
2: say that, but in that brief span of time... Now, after this, we get to talk about Adam Malkovich. Yeah. And in that brief span of time, he became the most important person that she ever met. And it's...
1: It's like a, her dad. It,
2: it, the, the most the closest. closest thing to a father that she's ever had. Including her real father. Raven Beak, Old Bird gray voice. None of those guys measure up to Adam. Well, well,
0: this is set on the Chozo don't exist. Yeah, you're definitely right.
1: <laughs> Where did we establish that uh, title?
0: Adam is also referred to as a general. So he's pretty high rank. Which he's is f- which is a weird thing because he's
2: clearly a field commander.
1: He's leading a squad of five guys.
0: I thought he... Well, that's what generals do. Is it? I thought he was just a... In, in this army. I thought
2: he was just like a commander. Or in- just like a... He's just an enlisted officer, high-ranking in that context, but he'll never be more than a ground-level grunt.
1: In Fusion, my, my conception of him was that he was a desk guy. Maybe he had some field experience, but by, well, by the time that they interacted, he was a desk
2: guy. You say desk guy, but you mean like he was an admiral. Yes. Monica, to, to all of our friends and listeners, Monica, when she says desk guy... She means um, somebody who doesn't participate actively in combat.
1: Yes. You know, you're, you're, you're making calculated moves of large groups of people.
2: So if you think of admirals as standing on the bows of ships and watching um, their own guns firing, that's because you're a doofus. They don't usually
0: do that. Adam is a Bronze Age general. He's like Agamemnon. (laughs) He's he's leading the charge. He's very much a uh,
2: romance of the three kingdoms kind of leader.
1: I don't know if they actually did
0: that. Uh, They definitely did in the book.
1: Fair enough. I guess I have not read the book.
0: But the point is, Samus is not just a grunt. This is some sort of like special black ops squad.
1: yes. It is actually a special Black Ops squad. Maybe, I don't know, before, but definitely now. Uh, They're kind of sparse on the details here, but... Sorry, it just zoomed in and paused on his face. Uh, They're here to investigate the baby's cry. And Samus, even though uh, nobody gave her permission, especially not Adam, is, is sticking around.
2: But then he kind of gives her permission with some caveats. After this upcoming big fight where she saves everyone's lives by having lots of big guns.
1: Crystal, what are the caveats?
0: She's got to follow his orders.
2: I just think it's really interesting that they respond to an SOS by sending in the Star Wars equivalent of SEAL Team 6. It's like, if my boat is sinking and a bunch of guys with assault rifles show up, I think there's a problem. Yeah? I would automatically assume that Adam and his men are here to kill everyone.
1: Yeah. Crystal, yeah.
0: what would you assume? I would assume there's some kind of special threat here that requires a black ops squad to kill everyone.
1: Yeah. There's no medical. You'd think there'd be like a medic or two or, or five. Or
0: like know. a bunch of
2: ships were evacuating the clearly huge population of this place.
1: Yeah. But there aren't.
2: No. So as Samus, I come into the situation. I go, oh, these guys are here to kill everyone. Or, oh, these guys are here to kill something.
0: That's what soldiers do.
1: Samus is is, is requ- ordered, requested not to use most of her arsenal, any of her arsenal.
2: Well, she saved their lives first. Mm-hmm. And then Adam says, okay, you can come along, but you don't move unless I say so. You don't fire unless I say so.
0: The message on screen is Samus has decided not to use bombs or missiles until Adam authorizes them.
1: Oh, we actually see. Yes. <laughs> Great. That's... So rather than, you know, the rather funny moments in Metroid Prime, Prime 2, and Prime 3, we just, yeah, yeah, we're going to give you a reason she doesn't feel
2: like. Crystal, do you remember um, Admiral Dane? Who is Admiral Dane? Admiral Dane is the um, Admiral uh, for the Galactic Federation that Samus has kind of a rapport with and who basically issues the bounty for everything that Adam, that... Samus does in Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Okay. And her relationship with Admiral Dane is actually a point of comparison that people use uh, to talk about her relationship with Adam, because a lot of people apparently expected Adam to be a lot like Admiral Dane.
0: He's a different guy.
2: Right, but it it was kind of the, the relationship that people expected. There'd be like mutual respect between them. They're not part of the same power structure, but she but Samus is still relied on.
1: There's like a nod.
2: Yeah, the the quiet nod between each other.
1: What I like about Dane is that he shows up and he's wearing a skin tight suit because Retro correctly said, Well, if Samus has this this gear then everyone in the Galactic <laughs> Federation has said. skin tight suits. Good for you. Whoever made that call.
2: Metroid Prime 3 Corruption was so correct for that choice. Monica, mm. you missed the bit where this thing turned into Armogoma. You weren't here for it. I know. The because- Uzi
1: thing. Oh, little beetle.
0: Uh huh. It it really turned into a
2: Zelda boss.
1: There's there's too much pregnant pauses.
0: So there's a whole scene where the squad is trying to open the door and they can't figure it out. And then Samus remembers. Wait, I've opened doors like this before. This is a missile door. Which, to me, is evidence in support of this being some sort of MGS2 simulation to train clone Samus.
2: Okay, who's Adam?
0: Adam is is
2: uh, an actor. Oh, oh my god. He's just an actor playing a certain version of Adam Malkovich. That's right. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm, fi- I'm feeling the synthesis between the two theories that you two have going. The this real what- Adam
0: became a robot.
2: The real Adam is dead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: And he did not die like this, Adam.
0: No, he died in a, in a better and more respectable way. That's good.
2: You Le- know, a like, less
0: misogynistic way.
1: Doing something to save Samus's life in a way that wouldn't be indicating that he ha- is more physically proficient than
2: Samus Aran. Samus
1: Aran. Like, for instance, a ship battle, commanding large groups of, of spaceships in, in you know something that she's only a one fighter person and her ship goes down off and she's not a great pilot. <laughs>
2: That's true. She's not a great pilot. Some anime women can't cook. Samus, she just can't fly a fucking plane.
1: She flies it like a car that she crashes constantly.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. We've been talking about this for an hour. <laughs> if we if we try to go over the entire plot of this game, it's going to stretch into multiple episodes I do not want to How do. How much
1: more is worth like what the, the going back and forth and exploring. I think we can kind of synthesize, consolidate
2: you don't remember this fucking cutscene, do you? It's just all story. Well. We haven't gotten into meeting little birdie yet.
1: We're going around and the bottle ship is like whatever the thing was called infusion. It's got different environmental areas.
2: Okay. i tell you what. I'll tell you what. We, we've gotten to the part where, Crystal, we're at the part where Adam says, don't move unless I say so. Don't fire unless I say so. Yep. And that means we have to talk about the thumbs down.
0: Yes, let's talk about the thumbs down. Because
2: that's where we transition into the thumbs down. Monica is making the most pained expression I've seen on her in like a month. Crystal,
0: please tell me about the thumbs down. The thumbs up sign has been used by the Galactic Federation for ages. But Samus, she was known for giving the thumbs down during briefing. Yeah, I'll just quote her. I had my reasons though. Commander Adam Malkovich, not a general at this point, I guess... Was normally cool and not one to joke around, but he would end all of his mission briefings by saying, Any objections, lady? He was joking, but others weren't. At the time, I felt surrounded by people who treated me like a child or used kid gloves because I was a woman.
1: Oh my god.
0: And yet with Adam, I was grateful for the nod. My past has left me with an uneasy soul, and as a result, it touched me on some level... That Adam would acknowledge that past by calling me something delicate, like Lady. And I knew more than anyone that every word from Adam was deliberate. My thumbs down was a twofold response, a sign of derision at being called a lady, and a signal of my complete understanding of the mission orders. The other soldiers were always willing to support me with easy smiles. Despite the fact that I clearly had so much yet to learn. This is where
1: it comes out that I was like making cannolays during this cutscene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck.
0: Oh, Monica hasn't heard the rest of this either, Crystal. You might as well keep going. Among them was Anthony. In the face of his well meaning behavior and that of the other soldiers, my response was to become increasingly bitter. I was a child, always with something to prove a chip on my shoulder. And I was angry. I felt that if I let my guard down, I would easily be broken. And beyond that, I was scared. But even in the naivete of my youth, I could see in Adam's joking manner how close he felt to me. Adam knows my past. And he knows me better than anyone else. Confession time. Because I was so young when I lost both of my parents, there's no question I saw Adam as a father figure. When I rebelled against him, I knew I could get away with him. And his paternal compassion in the face of my rebellion reinforced the special bond I felt with him. I understood well that chances were slim that I would ever find anyone that understood me like Adam. And yet, when the time came, I still left his side. I was so young. Young and naive.
2: (laughs) I want you to know Monica was cringing during that whole thing. She could not look at the screen- (laughs) She could not look at the mic. She could not look at me. And for our listeners, and Crystal, I I hope you confirm this, you reading that took a lot less time than Samus reading it. Yes.
1: (laughs) Crystal, your delivery was wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. You imparted the the emotion that the Samus voice actress was not allowed to do and uh, gave it some nuance (laughs) and really stuck the. Oh my god. Uh,
2: (laughs) Written, this whole thing. Signed, the woman understander.
1: (laughs) I'm going to say, this is he, Sakamoto. Reading this, I am like, do not allow him to work alone with any women. His junior.
0: What the (laughs) fuck? What? (laughs) Okay.
1: This is fucked up. He is fucked up. This is what he thinks. a a woman would feel in the shoes.
2: That's true. He is writing about this from the perspective of someone who is junior to the commanding officer. Yes.
1: And like struggling because she feels like she's a kid and not respected because she's a woman and, you know, oh, thank goodness my my father figure is here to guide me and all of my speaking out against him is just acting out to get a rise out of him. Fuck you. No, ew, ugh. Like I would, I. This is being serious because you know I should express accusation, not an accusation, but concerns about this in a serious light. I literally would be concerned with young women working around this guy after reading this.
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I will not gainsay that.
1: And I know you'll say that they had a similar relationship in fusion. This I, the- I'm not saying that. Okay. Good. Because that's not the relationship I imagined when certain structures of this were set up in Metroid Fusion.
2: Military command is always fucked up. Yes. But it's not this flavor of fucked up.
1: No. I would think that, firstly, I don't care how young or inexperienced Samus is, that she received some training after getting her mystical power suit that, that would make her actually quite proficient amongst the the troops that she has been, if she is in the army, through some sort of basic training so that everybody's on the same level of experience. Where else am I going with this?
2: That hit you a lot harder That the than Galactic
1: Federation has women as part of its defense forces.
2: You asked me yesterday if you missed anything of import. <laughs> you missed that.
1: I did. I sure did. Uh, I expected that, you know... In a military structure, you would not bradily just, you know, give a thumbs down at every instance because... Just because. uh, But that maybe either you have put up a lot of very valid arguments in the past or because you don't, but don't express much, unlike other people, that somebody would jokingly say, hey, any objections,
0: lady?" Right, he's like injecting this weird little game into a military operation.
1: Yes. Adam Malkovich is a bah ha, loudmouth brash guy who actually makes really cold blooded calculating decisions.
2: He shocks you with how cold blooded he is because he's so gruff and affable.
1: Yes, because who else would you put as a foil and counter to balance to a very reserved Samus Aaron? It's going to be a loudmouthed guy who maybe tries to get a rise out of her sometimes.
0: He feels like a pirate captain. Sure. It was, there, there is a seed here of like, okay, if Samus is supposed to be like super traumatized and fucked up from her vague backstory, I can see how it is theoretically possible that playing weird little games with her might like uh, verify her humanity. But two things, number one, They don't really talk about her backstory in this one. No. So that's not like really established before this Any Objections Lady stuff. So you just jump straight into the Any Objections Lady stuff. And Samus exposits why that's meaningful. But it's not really illustrated in the cutscene.
1: No. And I'm not going to say that I expect the writer to have talked to a woman. (laughs) <laughs> or women prior to writing from the perspective of one, but I kind of would have hoped that he would maybe think a little bit more earnestly, but I don't think he he's capable
2: of... I, uh, okay. So I had two things I wanted to say, but there's only one that I can remember. A lot of people like to talk about a scene that comes a little bit later, but I would like to put forth... Um, and let me know if you two think I'm off the mark. But I would like to put forth that this sequence is actually the one that most severely infantilizes Samus. Yes. Okay. You've just seen it. How do you think it compares to the later one?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awful.
2: Um, I, I, I do... It's
1: probably the most awful. Yeah, I'll agree with you there.
2: I'm not necessarily saying it's the most awful, because there's a the lot... The
1: most infantilizing? Yeah. Sure
2: my pick for most awful still comes
0: because it's coming from her mouth that she she was a naive child she Uh yeah it's
2: god she was the only woman in the room the impression here that we get is that there are no women in the federation military except for samus yes and she
1: clearly got some sort of special exception skipping a lot of everything else and got plopped in with a platoon
0: because she is she has the power suit yes For reasons not explained, because the Chozo don't exist. Mm -hmm. So,
2: after everybody breaks up and gets sent off everywhere, Samus comes across um, the presence of a dark intelligence.
1: Is it a cute bunny bird?
2: It's uh, a little cotton ball looking uh, bunny bird, yeah. Crystal, what did you think about the little cotton ball looking bunny bird guy? He's
0: so cute. He's so cute. Little...
2: He is both those things, and he can't keep his balance very good because his head is so big and his legs are so skinny.
1: It's like the best fusion of a bunny and a bird.
2: Except when he opens his mouth. (laughs) Monica's looking (laughs) at him moving in 1.5 speed. I
1: kind of, like, because it's related to this game, I don't really want much to do with it, but can you imagine, like, a little plush toy? Very
0: cute. I want a little plush toy.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you all remember what
0: it's called? The Creature.
2: Well, yes, but the nickname that the researchers gave to it was... Little birdie.
0: Little birdie, just like Samus.
2: Yes. Now, what is the word for bird in Japanese? I don't know.
1: I think it's Tori.
2: Tori, like the Tori statues. Um, so I wonder if they were calling him Tori-chan in tori. Japanese.
1: Tori, yes.
2: So little birdie would be Tori-chan. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know why they would call it little birdie, except for its feet.
1: This is the part where it's like, if the if the Chozo did exist, uh, Samus might actually look at this thing with a li- little bit more fondness, rather than unspeakable dread.
2: Well, she kind of likes it at first. Does she? Yeah. I feel like she acts like... No, that comes later.
1: Really weird around.
2: That comes a little later when she gets okay. to the Hive boss... There's a
1: lot of bug-based enemies in this. I guess there's a lot of bug-based enemies in Metroid.
2: In Super Metroid, yeah. I think these are based... Like, this hive of bugs is based on some insectoid enemies in Super Metroid. But, um, after she kills this boss, which has no real story explanation, except this is just the kind of thing that exists in this facility that's set up to mimic the biomes of different planets. She kills it, the whole insect nest falls apart, it's full of honey, and... She reflects on this as Little Birdie comes in and has some of the honey. And Crystal, do you remember what she says about it? Is it a reminder of the baby? No, 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 no. Um, What happens is she kills the boss and she reflects on how there are some members of an ecosystem that feed off the strength of others by scavenging. She attributes a very negative moral connotation to scavenging. Even though it's you know very necessary, she says some creatures use others to capture their prey. Watching this disgusting beast, I felt as though it was feeding off my power as well. So e- she, she
1: everything scavenges.
2: But I just like how she calls Birdie this disgusting beast.
1: Everything scavenges. You think a lion would turn down a free meal?
0: Sam is scavenging.
1: She probably would <laughs> with her bird dad's.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. But no, I'm sure that the Chozo are strictly vegan.
1: Are we getting to the deleter plot yet?
2: No, 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 not yet. No, no, no. Just a disgusting beast. Which rabbit is that?
1: That is one Coco.
2: Listeners, if you hear some background noises here, it is our... Rabbit Coco, as in hot cocoa, not named after Coco Chanel. We don't track the truck with that shit in this household. Coco the chocolate. Uh, that's Coco tearing the shit out of a cardboard box, and she can't be stopped.
0: Get its ass.
2: Get its ass. That's what she did. It's, she heard it, and she started in on it. She, too, is a predator. She, too, is a predator, yes. Many are the family's worth of cardboard that she has wiped out. And now we're at another thing where they're trying to open the door Again. The CPU seems to have self-destructed.
1: Well, this is the first indication that somebody may have sabotaged some information here. Yes. So we are hitting on the deleter plot.
2: James was here in the room first. Don't worry about it.
1: Uh, I would like to posit that if you have a strike squad in, probably to kill everyone, the commander of that strike squad would know the other details about this mission, such as blow up sensitive information, which, you know, is fine, and, you know, kill
0: everybody else. You know one thing that this game has going for it? It has nice colors. Yeah. I like the color of this game. Everything's very bright and action figure. Yeah, it's not muddy. Everything
2: is set so that even if you decrease the resolution of the screen, you could still more or less tell what's going on.
1: But, but- did what I say like it's it's not crazy, right? It's like you'd think that Everybody would know the mission, or at least the commander would. There wouldn't be some weird secret deleter (laughs) of the squad.
0: It Yes, I guess. That seems easier than hiring
2: an assassin to delete them. It seems like the deleter must have been seeded into Adam's team long before this um, particular mission.
1: But this isn't like the start of Captain America 2, where... They infiltrate a ship and Natasha's got some other side mission, even though Steve Rogers doesn't know. That's that's really silly, and it's really silly here.
2: So this is where we find out that, oh heavens to Murgatroyd, um, it turns out that the Federation is cloning space pirates and enhancing them with cybernetic parts that have the fucking Galactic Federation Army logo on their <laughs> chests.
0: Monica, you weren't here for that.
1: I was also making catalysts. Yes,
0: they're making illegal bioweapons. And Adam is, of course, a strong opponent of bioweapons, as well as against the use of living things for unnecessary reasons. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. (laughs)
1: When does he express
0: that? Samus says he was against the use of living things for unnecessary reasons, period. Wow! Life, no matter what form it takes as it's born into this often cruel universe, should not be tampered with. That was Adam's philosophy. In bringing the infant Metroid back, I did something that I know would have gone against his convictions. And, though I might have been left alone, it was a clear and blatant violation of protocol. I wondered what Adam thought of me. (laughs) Out of nowhere, I suddenly found myself concerned with his opinion again. I feel like that isn't a new thing. I feel like that's
2: not a new thing for this game. She's been concerned about his opinion the entire time.
1: Why is it such an abhorrent thing that she brings back an infant Metroid to study for positive reasons
0: because he's against the use of living things for unnecessary reasons period period
1: like like having people work for the military industrial complex
2: no adam is the kind of guy who says we have to throw away all of our uh, sorry this actor playing adam this character is the kind of guy who says we have to throw away all of our insulin because it was discovered using dogs any reason period.
1: I. Why do they even need to, why can't he be like either not like, like okay with this decision or like dealing with it because it was made by other people higher in the chain of command, or if he really hates it, why not give it to some other interesting crux?
0: Yeah. I don't know how Adam became a general. If apparently he's just going to go rogue every time he sees something he doesn't like. Yeah. Is he a general? Samus calls him a general. Okay.
2: Was that in this game? Yeah, in this game. Earlier. Okay. Well, okay. I still don't get why he's a field commander. He's a Bronze Age general. That's true. All right. And now another one of my least favorite scenes happens where there's a big roar like there was earlier. It drove some animals wild. But this time it make all the Zebesians attack her. And she's like, what was that sound after she kills the Zebesians? She hears a bunch of gunfire and she runs outside And everybody's being attacked by this weird lizard guy. Creature.
1: Which instantly pins her.
2: She's helpless to fight it. I hate this fucking sequence. The bit where she literally could not get away from this thing without help. Luckily, Anthony's there to shoot at it with a plasma beam, which is strong enough to pierce its armor. Why didn't Samus use her plasma beam? To
0: fuck you. Fuck you for asking. And he helps her up and says, You okay, princess? Because Anthony likes to call her princess.
1: Why would you do that in even in your context, where like ladies something?
0: Because is...
2: Anthony is actually that guy, right? He's actually the he re- is the Baja guy. <laughs> He's actually the
0: red oni to uh, Great. Samus's blue oni.
1: Oh,
2: he,
0: and I guess as of Metroid Dread, that's kind of accurate. She's kind of a princess. Let's not do that. Let's not do this.
1: Princess? Oh, uh, be
0: She's the daughter of like three
2: high-ranking chozos. That's true. I I just think Anthony is actually giving her shit when he calls her princess. Yes. There's actually like some military-coded camaraderie.
1: Yes. Invested
2: I, in his dialogue.
1: The relationship is still a little weird, but better.
2: Anthony is much closer to what Monica imagined Adam to be.
0: It's it's like you know men would also derogatorily. In a fun way, call each other princess. But this time, he's doing it to a woman. Yes. Yes. Anyway, they found Lyle. I'm glad that
2: I remembered the Lyle name. (laughs) Lyle is extremely fucking dead. This is the first casualty of the people. And then Samus discovers little Birdie's corpse. Only it's not a corpse. It was some kind of... uh, There was a lot of shedding going on. It was molting. It was like a cocoon for some greater creature.
1: Like the one we just saw.
2: This disgusting beast. And then, Sam- then Samus runs through uh fucking Magmor Caverns without her Varia suit, and so she takes a lot of fire damage just walking along.
1: Crystal, your statement about this made her- me feel a lot better.
0: Yes, my my perception of Samus running through the volcano without putting on her Varia suit is that. Sometimes, you need to take out the garbage in the winter, and you just can't be bothered to put on the jacket. You're just gonna- you're just gonna suck it up and be cold for a minute.
1: I have done that before.
0: I think that
2: that's probably the best we're ever going to get, even given that Samus doesn't have to take this jacket off when she comes back inside. (laughs) Yes. She is now authorized to use the ice beam because all the enemies are on fire, and, uh... Yeah, th- th- that sequence where she runs around with the fire running um, is the first of two of sequences of that kind. And they're usually the bits that people point to when talking about how ridiculous her relationship with Adam and the need for authorization is in this game.
1: They really could have bypassed this. Firstly, I guess just give her the fucking Varia suit. Right yeah. off the bat, because it's not one of the things that anyone would expect her to disable. It would be an interesting Metroid game in which you get some powers you don't expect a lot faster than others. Alternatively, I suppose, if you must, uh, Adam could, right at the point when she enters the room, and utter a point of clarification. You know, when we talked about no, you know, any of your gadgets, that doesn't extend to protective things. Put on your fucking gear.
2: Put on your coat. So you have another run through in the volcano and then fucking turn, your, fucking- turn on How big is this fucking complex? Your, turn on your Varya suit and they then- They have
1: lava here. And
2: then Samus fights a genuinely disgusting creature. I hate this guy.
1: There's things living in the lava.
2: It's a huge lava thing. How do they generate the lava? How did they generate the lava in the space station? And they're using the lava as a power source, so that implies that they're not making the lava. The lava is naturally occurring? It's produced by a big monster. Is it? could be? I mean
1: a bigger monster. <laughs> Maybe a series of very small monsters. Maybe there's like some sort of bacteria that emits lava.
2: The lava is actually bugs. No, this whole thing doesn't make any fucking sense, but that's okay. We don't need it to make sense. We're grown-ups.
1: It kind of looks like mother brain.
2: What? This horrible creature? Uh-huh. This disgusting beast?
1: Yes, like mother brain after she gets legs. But the, the, the head looks very brainy.
2: It's got a long neck.
1: Like Mother Brain.
2: Well,
0: Crystal, what what else happens in this game? She goes to the cold area and she finds a corpse that shows signs of what looks like Metroid predation. Even though the Metroids are supposed to be extinct. And even if they weren't, they can't tolerate cold temperatures. It made her mind race.
1: Now, hold on. Showing signs of Metroid predation is everybody turns into dust. It's not... I don't know how she could tell that was Metroid Predation.
2: Well, I don't know either. It doesn't matter. In this timeline, Metroid Predation, looks very different.
1: I suppose also if corpses are left, maybe somebody put the corpse in the freezer.
2: That would make sense, actually.
1: Do you know... Okay, so by this point, have we had that brief encounter with a strange woman who gasps and etc.?
0: No. No? no 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 we're just about to We're just about we are
1: we are two fifths of the way through this
2: an hour and a half into recording
1: and and we have not encountered anyone on the ship what's up with the radio signals they're down they're being jammed yeah except for samus's
0: yeah yes um adam is in the control place and he can speak to everyone but they can't speak to each other
2: I think that Samus' Samus' comm uses different tech or something, and the others can only communicate with each other or with Adam by getting to communication stations.
1: And there's nobody alive on this complex that is at a communication station who wishes to communicate.
2: Right. Also, uh, Maurice is dead. Sure. They killed the tech guy. They killed the computer
0: guy. He froze to death. There was a woman in the building nearby watching Samus. Some kind of lady with blonde hair.
2: A pixel hunter. Now she gasps from, See, there she was. Okay. Now Samus has to chase her, like in a Gears of War game. And this woman is terrified for her life, saying that Samus, as part of that squad, is undoubtedly here to kill her.
1: She introduces herself as Madeline Bergman, the director of this facility. She looks like she's... And she acts like she's, what, 14?
2: I would have said 16.
1: 16? 16.
2: Crystal, how old do you think she looks?
0: Yeah,
1: 16. And how she acts.
2: Yeah, the the behavior isn't helping. She's definitely a late teenager, maybe mid-teenager.
1: She's got a hair barrette clip so you can feel like she is a child. It's
2: very child-coded, that hair clip.
1: And Monica, not having seen this before, was like, why would they make a director of this facility, like, 16 years old? You'd expect her to be minimum in her 40s.
2: And then Samus fights the Industrial Revolution in agriculture. because It's just a big tractor. That's, with a that's Federation here to, guy in it. That's here to assassinate this 16-year-old. Yeah, you didn't see the Federation guy at first, No, right? I did.
1: Well, you pointed it out. And right. then it zoomed in on him. But we can't see who it is because the head is obscured, even though the, the helmets are kind of obscuring it to begin with. Could think she doesn't have a scan visor.
2: Well, I think the intent here was to create doubt as to whether, like, this person trying to kill this girl, and now also Samus, they're, they're, they're trying to make it a little bit uh, ambiguous, so you might wonder, could it be Adam? Could it be Anthony? Who could it be? Who this would, will
1: surely be an important part of the plot.
2: Who in this Federation uniform would want to kill Samus?
1: And why is Samus holding back from deploying a power bomb? I guess the answer is she doesn't need to have a power bomb to beat this thing. But uh, the person is mysteriously uh, vanished from the vehicle. How the fuck does that happen?
0: Runs into a wall. Don't worry about it. So, after talking to Madeline Bergman, who says that apparently she believes that everyone's come here to kill her, and she saw another soldier kill the dead soldier we found earlier, there's some kind of deleter (sighs) in this facility.
2: Yes, there must be an assassin embedded in Adam's team. And to be clear, Samus decides to refer to this assassin as... The Deleter, is this K.G.
0: A- James, Anthony, and Adam. Could one of them really be a traitor? Until I found out who it was, I decided to call the traitor the Deleter.
1: I is this like a Kojima thing where he thinks things in English sound really cool, and then we say no.
0: Absolutely yes, hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent.
2: Deleter. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see how that the, the Deleter does have a very. It's a nice string of phone names, you know. And then, of course, we see the deleter kill someone with a freeze gun and then kick them into magma.
0: You said that like Dr. Evil.
2: Oh, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to do that. That I haven't watched that movie in 20 years. It's a good flick. I, I'll i take your word for it for right now. It's That's the first one, right? That's right. That's the one that I'm most ready to believe is still an okay movie.
0: Yeah, the sequels are not good.
2: Okay.
1: So this is like... How everybody calls light from Death Note, Kira.
2: So we all refer to Magma as Magma.
1: No, no, I mean the Deleter.
0: The (laughs) The Deleter,
2: yes. Hey, whatever happened to movies where comedic actors would get into arguments with themselves, playing different characters? Like, that was Eddie Murphy's whole shtick for like 10 years straight.
0: Yeah, Martin Lawrence did that with Big Mama's house. Yeah. Or wait, did he just play Big Mama? I think he played multiple people okay
2: he might have just been big mama but i mean like eddie murphy played almost a dozen characters in the nutty professor he played three people in coming to america
0: i think right of course there's the mike myers films austin powers he plays austin powers and uh dr evil and fat bastard and gold member
1: the comedies are dead. That was one thing nice about Barbie. It was like, hey, this is you know, a was, yeah, the comedic parts were great,
2: mostly. It, and there are no more comedies. Are comedies dead? I don't watch enough movies to be feel comfortable saying that. What about Book Club: The Next Chapter? That's a comedy.
1: I have not seen Book Club: The Next Chapter. It's pretty good. Okay.
2: But like, as a trend, Crystal, you watch more movies than we do. Are comedies like still a thing? Yeah, they make comedies. Just not to the same degree or in numbers like in the 80s and 90s. Most of them are on Netflix these days. That's disgusting, and I don't like it.
1: Hey, it's this this recurring villain.
2: There's a monster attacking Anthony, and Samus saves Anthony. And Anthony's like, thanks, princess, that's pretty great. Uh, So it turns out that uh, Anthony's out here to answer the call from adam or some goddamn thing but he's the first one to show up and he's like hey did you get called here and samus is like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about and he's like well everybody else is supposed to be here but i'm the only one so i'm having a look around and uh yeah and samus here decides that you know what anthony's probably all right i think i think she decides out here but maybe not
1: would have been interesting if he was the deleter
2: it would have been extremely interesting yeah I, I say extremely interesting but i mean in the context of this and anthony is like hey
0: samus are you are you feeling fucked up about the commander and then samus has a flashback to the incident that made her leave the federation please ex- narrate this incident for us crystal please so adam's brother ian malkovich is sent to repair some sort of vessel with 300 people on board. monica missed a significant portion no, i of saw a part too. of it a portion but then the drive unit was going critical, it was overheating, and Adam orders them to disengage the drive unit, separating it from the rest of the ship, even though Ian is still inside. And Samus insists that Adam, Samus insists that she could reach Ian and save him, if only Adam would give the order, But Adam refuses because it's very obviously not possible <laughs> within the context of the cutscene.
2: <laughs> it's like seconds later, everything explodes. Also, yeah, it, it's just like there's so much focus on Samus's like vacuum sealed breasts and butt during this sequence that's trying to have so much gravitas otherwise. Yeah, she
0: is wearing her zero suit in this sequence.
2: Yeah, but the camera wants you to know there's she's also like
1: the belts to accentuate, accentuating belts.
2: They've got like Shabari belts.
1: Yeah, I don't know where to go with that, but
2: I'm not wrong.
1: Uh, why? Why would you as a writer with your character who does things in seconds and let's not forget she has the speed booster thing, create a scenario in which she assesses she could do something quickly and asks for somebody to trust in them. And this is all shot down and is in fact wrong.
0: To communicate that she is childhood. Yeah. It's like she knows
2: that she can't make it but she feels the need to say it anyway because she feels helpless and she lashes out because she feels helpless. I
1: don't expect Sakamoto to speak with women. Yeah. Or women. I feel
2: like like this isn't the last time you're going to say it. Take a
1: moment into the shoes of someone. You put yourself in those shoes as you say, I can do something. Put your faith in me. And then somebody goes, "No, this is not a great way to build a relationship, to have feelings of being respected, of of assessing that you you have good judgment skills, of building a love interest, because that's what he's, he's supposed to be. Look, if you're going to write a romance, please understand your characters. I
2: do not think this is supposed to be a romance. That it is, is a romance. That is ac- from- it he's is accidental." To-
1: he, whether consciously or unconsciously, wants to write a older man, younger woman relationship, which he feels is very effective and moving. I'm sure he cried a few times as he was jacking off.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> God damn!
1: But if you're going to do this, you have to write a little bit for some women who might like to consume that material. Women are the main consumption of romance.
2: Now. Crystal, you might have read in the Iwata Ask when uh, Sakamoto said that seeing the final product of some of these cutscenes did move him to tears.
0: Yes, it did move him to
2: tears. And I think this sequence was probably one of them, because it's framed to be really emotionally affecting.
0: There is a brief shot of a photograph of Samus and Ian, <sighs> which suggests you know, they they also were friends. I kind of Even though that's him. not illustrated beyond this photograph. I
2: kind of got the impression that we were supposed to understand that Samus cared about Ian a lot.
1: Maybe.
0: Well she clearly does care about him a lot. This is the But again, we do not see him.
1: They've I- done so much like this is a lot of intermingling outside of combat hours.
2: Wait, is Ian the main I'm trying to think if there's a parallel to his character among the squad and the Metroid pre-Zero mission manga. The one that is actually the source of all of this, which yes, we do have to do a episode on at some point. I object. Fine. Object all you want. It's going to happen.
1: Here's my thumbs down.
2: Ah, Crystal. She <laughs> gave me, she gave me the thumbs down. But luckily, because she's participated in this patriarchal hierarchy, I can dismiss her concerns and go along. Oh my longer.
1: god! I'll kill you.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, Listener, she won't actually kill me. That's pure affection. Don't yes, worry about it. Yes,
1: affectionate kill.
2: Yes, affectionate murder.
1: Where were we?
2: we? We were talking about how Samus was in love with Ian. Maybe? <laughs> it's the closest that these games have ever gotten to shipping with her with anyone except Gandrata. And Metroid Prime, Crystal says, it's a canon? So um, Samus is heterosexual by default instead of being a big lesbian with Gandrata.
1: That's a messed up. Shame. Shame.
2: Shame. It's a shame having to kill your girlfriend when she's infected by Phazon.
1: Yes, but that's great also. Very dramatic. Where were we?
2: Well, Ian exploded. Okay. And now Samus is thinking about how actually all of that is illustrative of how she was a child. And Adam is a good commander for putting everyone else's lives beyond his brothers. You know, that's actually the second time we see that photograph.
0: What's the first time? The first time? He was time.
1: looking at it.
2: The first time we see the photograph is in the flashback to her initial time in the Federation. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about all this. Do we have to keep going?
0: We're over halfway
2: through.
1: There's just a few more instances of the deleter, and we don't need to focus on each of them.
2: We've been recording for two hours.
1: What's one more hour?
2: Okay. You know what? It's time for the fucking money shot. It's time for the scene that everybody except for me traditionally has held as the big problem in the video game and i get it
0: crystal the famous ridley scene can you tell us about the ridley scene they're in the halo 2 level and samus shoots the wall and releases the lava and suddenly ridley appears even though this isn't the real ridley it's a it's a damn clone just like samus
1: yeah it grew through like the little baby bird bunny
0: the baby bird bunny was baby ridley all along And then... And when Samus sees Ridley, she freezes. She can't move. She can't focus. She's just going back to being a child with her vague backstory of being traumatized by Ridley.
2: Now, when you say going back to being a child, do you mean that her behavior is childlike? And that's how we are meant to read her behavior? She is also visually represented (laughs) as child Samus. While Ridley's screaming at her. Yes. Yes. Because all of her trauma is tied up in Ridley. Ridley's just a weird choice.
1: This is the fourth time she's killed Ridley? Third time?
2: It depends on which games you choose as being um, as being canon. Now, I back in the day, I remember seeing a truly excellent YouTube poop made out of this. Because while Samus is having her freeze up, uh, Adam is yelling at her to use her plasma beam to shoot Ridley. And two
1: <laughs> We'll find it at some point.
0: Okay, well, I'll look for it later. Sam- Ridley grabs Samus and her power suit starts dissolving because she can't keep her composure. But Anthony is able to shoot Ridley with a laser and snap Samus out of it. This may be the third or fourth time that Samus has faced Ridley. But if we subscribe to clone Samus theory, this is the first time she's faced Ridley. That's very true. And, you know, memories of facing Ridley are not the same as really doing it.
1: If we are going with clone theory, which I am, also, (laughs) if the Federation is creating (laughs) clones of people, they would want a secret weapon uh, or or weakness built in. And having your clone Samus uh, very vulnerable to clone Ridley might be an effective way to control her.
2: I just really like the part slash cringe at the part where where anthony makes ridley drop samus and then shouts hey punk don't you know how to treat a lady while shooting and it's like yeah get him.
1: i would like to posit that a, a suit of armor which dissolves when you are feeling emotionally vulnerable is a very bad suit suit of armor i i feel bad for the a, very a... stereotypical role that the Anthony voice actor had to portray, but also I'm clinging to him as were on a raft.
2: It's not, it's not his fault, but boy. It very much um, recalls to me the character of the priest, uh, or the priest-like uh, prisoner in Alien 3. You didn't watch that with me. Crystal, have you seen Alien 3? I have not seen Alien 3. Well, uh, there's a bit in Alien 3 where a black dude who's very religious is in a lead foundry in a very red-lit sequence, and he holds the alien in place by letting it attack him hand-to-hand so that the big molten lead things can pour down and kill them both. That's pretty sick. It is actually kind of sick. But he's treated... uh, I think that Anthony here might take some uh, notes from that character. Because that guy was just cussing the alien out the whole time they were fighting.
0: Ridley knocks Anthony into the lava with his tail. And that's what really gets Samus going to be able to do this boss fight.
1: Before that, he does like a perfect dodge roll thing. Dodge flip. He does. Uh... And
2: and Samus uh, fights Ridley and it's actually a real boss fight.
1: You enjoyed this boss
0: fight? (laughs) It's (laughs) alright. And then she says the funniest line in the game. Which is... I wondered if Anthony was conscious as he hit Bobby. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh.
2: God. And that's the first thing she thinks staring at the spot where Ridley escapes. <laughs> and then she has a flashback to this thing. They were going to cut happen. to
1: this thing we just saw.
2: She regrets thinking, even for a moment, that he would betray me.
1: Because she thought that because he was firing the gun at her to fire past her.
2: Anyway. That's the part that people hate most in the game, like, on average. Like, that's the sequence Sam is turning into a little ch- literal child is where they feel most of the character assassination lies. How do we as a group feel about it in the context of the game?
0: Um, it's not very well done.
2: No, but where would it rank against other scenes and how hard the character is assassinated?
0: It's not as bad as her first monologue about Adam. With the thumbs? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that for the people who can get something out of this scene as connecting to their PTSD or traumatic situations where they have frozen up even though it's been okay a whole bunch of times before I'm glad that this cinematic in this story could do it for you I think it could have been done better a host of ways
2: I would like to say and For reference, I'm someone who has PTSD, so that's the perspective that I'm bringing to this. Is that most of the people I see who argue on behalf of that scene as showing PTSD are never people with that particular mental illness themselves. They're always people going like, oh, this is a respectful treatment of PTSD, but they don't have any experience with what it's like.
1: I, I do feel like I've seen a couple, but I feel like definitely they're overshadowed by the people who, you know are supposedly arguing for those people. But there are so many other ways you could... wit. You could even have it as your main driving portion of a story if you wanted to do that. But drawing it around Ridley specifically uh, in, in a context where she's fought him a whole bunch of times and having her inf- literally infantilized in a story all
0: about her being infantilized,
1: <laughs> it's not good.
0: Also, they don't explain what the fuck their rela- her relationship with Ridley is. Yes. They expect me to have read that comic.
1: Yes, they do. Which
0: is
2: why we have to read the comic.
1: Ridley talks in that comic. He
2: talks a lot, actually.
1: Samus introduces herself as Samus, like, five years old or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to eat you, little
2: girl. Something like that. He's actually... Like see
0: how that might be a, a bit upsetting.
2: He's actually a little bit... He looks kind of upset at first when he's looking at her. She introduces herself in the middle of this, like burning wreckage of her entire life and she introduces herself very politely and he looks sad for a second and he's like well i'm gonna eat you now that's the only good scene in the whole book and the thing about other m is it loves that fucking book it's an adaptation of that book you can't understand other m without reading that manga crystal have you read it i've not read it oh that manga has chozo in it right it does yes it it ain't no
0: chozo in this game (laughs) sure aren't
2: monica you don't have to participate but we're gonna. You don't have to do a reread. I'll be here. Okay. You don't have to do the reread, but I'm going to have to.
1: Yes, it would be a reread because I did read the translation, but that was even after I bought the Japanese versions of these books.
2: Yeah, And that was like what, almost twenty years ago.
1: I don't know. When did they come out?
2: I think before Fusion. Okay. Definitely before
0: Zero Mission.
1: Yes. Anyway. What's happening? We have Madeline Bergman again.
0: So after she has defeated Ridley, Samus has renewed confidence. Even though Adam is, uh, she can't get in contact with Adam, she decides that she's gonna go off on her own anyway. And she says to no one in particular, any objections, Adam?
1: Are there no blaster doors on this ship? Like, the whole, her her shooting the door originally was like a very, everybody was astonished.
0: Are there blaster doors on the ship, Cameron? Yeah
1: So how did they not know about
0: It was the first door
1: But but surely it's just something throughout ships
2: Don't think
0: about it, shut up Yeah, this is a Federation ship, right? Uh-huh. Yeah So it must be standard uh, issue
1: Yeah, because everybody's got a blaster and missiles if you've got the authorization <laughs> uh, Madeline says she set off the baby's cry
2: She's the baby? Actually, she kind of is the baby Sure She's so tiny Like, Samus is not a tall woman in this, and she's made taller by her armor, which I don't know how she fits in there, but Madeline Bergman is small
0: compared to Samus. Madeline explains that they were trying to create a special forces unit composed of bioweapons. In order to make that happen, they were attempting to create an organization modeled after the space pirates with the Zebesians at the center. But because of a certain presence, the life forms became ferocious and we were no longer able to control them. If it left as is, the Sebesians would continue to evolve and resurrect as real space pirates.
1: I feel like I would be really putting my foot down on these plans. Who? Samus. Samus. Samus is in the dark. Finding out that there's. Not only, which she already just learned earlier, genetic engineering of Zebesians, but this whole plan to make Zebesians, and we know probably Metroids. I would blow up the ship. She's done it, or will do it before.
2: Yeah, she blew up Zebes.
1: Yeah, she's done it and will do it. How is this not the instant thing? It's like, guys, we're clearing out. You have, I'm going to give you You have 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes, which is- 40 more minutes than you really need.
0: It's like, but no, they got to find the survivors.
1: I'm going to broadcast because I can broadcast across this ship. Get the fuck out.
0: Now. She doesn't want to make the same mistake that Adam did with Ian, even though
1: it was she the concedes right concedes
0: that it wasn't the mistake. She concedes it was totally the right thing to do.
2: No, I think the thing is that she doesn't think of that because Sakamoto didn't think of it. Full stop. This is just the writer did not think of that as a potential solution to this
0: scenario. So Samus says some more things about the Zebesians that are interesting to me. Go on. Say that the Zebesians, under Ridley's influence, became super aggressive. Would that really lead to the resurrection of the space pirates? Without a malicious force to lead them down that path, wouldn't they continue to merely follow their instincts, ultimately becoming no more than a swarm of feral creatures?
1: This is a pretty weird development of... The hive mindness of the Zebesians.
0: The Zebesians are truly just bugs that are not space pirates unless Ridley tells them to be.
2: Yes, and even then, you need something better than Ridley, because Ridley can't be controlled that way.
0: You need some kind of mother brain. Yes. Well, wow. great thing. And then Madeline shows her an even more dangerous plan. They were breeding Metroids. Love that. Love that for them. Love that for me. This
1: facility, she says, is is being run by Adam, which is a pretty bold <laughs> thing to allege. I know that's jumping bit. I'm sorry. I'm not going through the entire.
0: Adam's in charge
2: of this facility. And he was in, which means he's responsible for the Zebesians, for Ridley, for the Metroids, and for this clone that they made to control the Metroids, MB, cloned from Mother Brain.
0: Yes, an artificial intelligence that would reproduce Mother Brain's thought processes in order to control the Metroids. With psychic powers. But it evolved as it communicated with the Metroids. It began to become self-aware.
2: We're making this sound better than it is simply because we're not narrating it the same way that Samus narrates it. I really encourage everyone to go watch this.
1: Do you? Yeah. Why would you do such a thing?
2: Misery loves company. And there are, there are values in
0: looking at bad things.
1: You learn what to avoid. Uh...
0: So Samus concludes that the purpose of the deleter must be to to save the Metroids, but delete the rest of the facility. The only
2: thing worth preserving is the Metroid project.
0: Yes.
1: Which you would assume would include the AI.
2: One would think. The AI is the problem.
1: Okay. Destroy the AI, take the Metroids, restart this project. Yes. V3, because (laughs) this is V2... We'll get to V1.
2: Will we? Yes. What are you talking about? Clones. Oh, okay.
1: This is Clone Theory.
2: I do like Clone Theory. This is Metroid Part 4, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones.
0: It is kind of an Attack of the Clones. It is kind of an Attack (laughs) of the Clones. And yes, Madeline says that the real leader of this operation is Commander Malkovich. And Samus doesn't react to that. She just says, stay here until I return. Yeah. I, As she walks away, the deleter enters the room and a gunshot is heard.
1: This is one of the things where I actually would say like, hey, it would be interesting to hear her thoughts on this. Or maybe not. Like, But, but it's certainly certainly very incongruous with how she thinks about everything else out loud. Like, does she yes. think that this is a real accusation? Is she confused? Does she think it's just totally fake? We don't know. <laughs>
2: Hey, Monica, you missed this, but no, Nightmare- I did see. Nightmare's in this game. I did
1: watch all of this. Nightmare is here. Why is Nightmare here? No for, reason.
2: For people who don't know, Nightmare is one of the bosses in Metroid Fusion and was created on BSL to be a special thing there. It was definitely created in Metroid Fusion in that facility, but here
0: it is. Well, that's just further proof that this must be some sort of MGS2 simulation to, tr- to train... The Samus clone, now that the real Samus has become a, a Metroid. Oh, so this is actually post-Fusion. Yes, because they, they can't control Samus. They can't trust her anymore now that she's a Metroid. So They got to make a new Samus. One that's loyal to Commander Adam Alkovich.
1: I... If you're going to do Nightmare, which, fine. And it's hard to CGI the face-melting of the baby. The baby. You mean Nightmare? Yeah, the um, baby face.
2: Yeah, but it's not a baby face in the Fusion game.
1: Right, but it's like you don't even have fighting with it when its face is melty. That was the cool part in Fusion. As you fought, the face melted.
2: That's, that kind of thing is a lot easier to do with sprite work. Yeah, I
1: know, but like, why not like try to do a little bit of a CG or change and the face melts and then you do more of a fight? It just turns into melt face and dies.
2: I don't know what to tell you. You do fight it with its mask off. Its face just doesn't melt. Crystal, we're coming up on another big scene. This is definitely the scene that made Sakamoto cry. This is the one. What scene is that? This is the one where a baby Metroid shows up at about a one baby, about one thirty seven twenty.
0: She hesitantly raises her gun at the baby Metroid
2: after having a flashback to the fucking the baby
0: on SR three eighty eight. She decides that she's gonna kill this baby. But then she gets shot in the back and her suit dematerializes and she falls to the floor and she can't get up. And the baby Metroid is about to attack her, but it gets shot too by Adam.
1: Why did he do that?
0: (laughs) Why did he do that? Very good question. (laughs) So
2: Crystal, what is the supposition of the story itself as to why he did that?
0: Very good question. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't understand it. I've been thinking about this for a week. Okay. Why did Adam shoot Samus? (laughs) Now, thinking about it for a week doesn't mean you came to any conclusions. (laughs) Why did he shoot Samus?
2: Please tell me.
1: I know why he shot Samus. Why did he
2: shoot Samus?
1: Okay, so let's put this into an analogy. A Metroid is a dog. Okay. Samus had a pet dog. Samus was very traumatized by the death of her dog. But ultimately, these dogs are bred to be fight dogs. It's not a good thing. She thinks about it and she's like, I, I need to stop this dog from becoming. It's already a, 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 a brutal ass dog. I have to put it down.
2: It's like if dogs turned into the thing. from John Carpenter's Sure, thing. okay. I have
0: to let it not so become she the is, thing. So she's
1: got the shotgun. She's ready to put down her dog. And Adam is like, she's going to be re-traumatized. So I'm going to take on the sin and burden of shooting her puppy. So she doesn't have the stain on her hands, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Oh, I'll tell you the actual why within the story. Because the only time when Samus is vulnerable is when she's on the attack and you're coming at her from a different direction. So? He had to wait until the instant she was about to fire. So no, that but her, why? So that, what do you mean? Why? So that he could do a heroic self-sacrifice. That's oh, the rest of this plot, sure. Yes, it's okay. the rest of the plot.
1: Couldn't she just shoot the Metroid and then he shoot Do you two after? just not
2: believe... Adam when he says that he did that so that he could go instead of her and he disabled her so that she wouldn't be able to come along.
1: I don't know what to make of that.
0: Crystal? I I believe him. I just don't get it. <laughs> I just... She's 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 Samus. She fights the Metroids. <laughs> she's just fought her way through this whole ship.
2: But these these Metroids, says Adam, might not be vulnerable to cold. So she might not be able to kill them. Okay. They
1: might not. You know how you could sort of test that? Maybe with the ice beam.
2: He's got an ice gun.
1: <laughs> Which killed this Metroid. But I guess he did say, somebody said this is still a young one. So maybe it didn't really fully get, thank you, Sakurai.
2: I, Sakamoto.
1: So, sorry, Sakamoto.
2: Sakurai might be a rough boss, but he didn't do this.
1: No, he didn't.
2: Um, I think the thing that really gets me about this is that Adam doesn't actually know that the Metroids have been engineered not to have a week. He doesn't know if... There's a strong likelihood that they have. He thinks there is. He doesn't think that, like... He doesn't know if it's possible to engineer them at all, but he assumes that they have to operate on the assumption that it is, which means, obviously, that Samus Aran can't stop the Metroids, even though um, two games ago she defeated, what was it, 30 or 40 of them that were immune to the ice beam? Yeah.
1: When was this?
2: The Return of Samus.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, she did go through that whole thing.
2: Yes. She is well acquainted with the act of fighting Metroids that
0: can't be stopped by the Ice Beam. In fact, she. Unless. Unless. This is a Samus clone, and Adam knows that she's never actually killed a Metroid before. And. He knows that she doesn't know about Metroids that
2: can be destroyed with just missiles. Yes. Or it could also be a version of the timeline where Metroid 2 never happened, except for the part where she found that, I guess it she must have happened. She
1: explicitly stated that it did. Yeah. And yes, it's in all of the scenes.
2: It is. Mm. Isn't that, okay. Well, I got nothing. I, I, I am, I have run out of lies. Se- but- S- Sector Zero Metroids most likely can't be frozen. What are you talking about? Which is the best line in the entire
0: game. (laughs) Because he froze the baby Metroid and he says, ah, it must be because it's still in the larval stage.
1: Sector Zero was also what it was called in Fusion, right? Or the Forbidden Sector or something?
2: I just like the thing when the character is saying what I'm thinking. So when she says, what are you talking about?
0: It's good to me. And it's good for me. Samus asks Adam why he's credited as the creator of the Metroid Military Program Report, and Adam explains that he received the request to write the report from Galactic Federation HQ. In that report, he outlined the potential dangers of such a program and explained categorically why it shouldn't be attempted. HQ listened, but a small group within the Federation co-opted his report for their own purposes they're i cowards. don't understand this either <laughs>
1: they're fucking cowards. S- they're Sakam- cowards sakamoto is a coward and even though it's very interesting to have a federation which would you know engineer bioweapons which is disgusting and awful the, and the,
2: the government are the bad guys yeah the
1: government are the bad guys it's a great plot Samus strikes out against the government. But no, the government is good and benevolent and there's these bad eggs over there in that corner doing this. Funded a gigantic-ass facility. I don't believe it.
2: This only makes sense if this is an elaborate scenario cooked up as a training program for the <laughs> Samus clone.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're talking.
2: God. Crystal, you're right. This is... Like, Monica, you're right about this being a Samus clone. Crystal, you're extremely right about this being the Metal Gear Solid 2 Shadow Moses to fucking Metroid Fusion's BSL station. Yes. I'm I'm
0: I'm I'm at a loss. I'm running out of words. Which means that this bet, go ahead. I bet if you asked Adam to write a report on like a dairy farm, he would advise against it because life should not be used for unnecessary purposes.
1: I who Look, Sakamoto (laughs) must know that people feel like Samus is really cool when she does all the cool things like exploding planets and getting out safely and shooting a whole shit ton of Metroids and firing a million missiles at Ridley until he blows up. At the crux of this game, we have her semi-staggering around like a baby sheep that's just A lamb that's popped out of the womb.
2: Yeah, that's actually true. She does stagger around that way throughout this sequence as she's trying to stop Adam.
1: Yeah, like, this is the... What? Huh?
2: This is what he thought people needed to know. This is what you need to know about Samus.
1: I did not need to know this about Samus.
2: Crystal, this is what you need to know about Samus.
0: What do I need to know about Samus?
2: This. This sequence. This sequence in her relationship with Adam. This tells you who Samus really is. This bit right here, where he explains that he can do this, but he can't fight Ridley, and so he's going to heroically sacrifice himself. Um. And off he goes, and locks the door. While yes, uh, Samus staggers after him like a newborn. I actually would have said calf, but yes, sure. she's pigeon toed the whole time. I could throw up. <laughs> I I could I could shit and vomit simultaneously that she's standing there in five-inch high heels, staggering around, trying to chase after her dad, her dad lover, her big boss.
1: I would like to posit that the way you build space facilities is that there are sections of the hull which will close off in case there's a hole, because you can't predict space, there's rocks everywhere. And it should be very easy to detach and blow up A segment of this without anyone dying.
2: Hey, Crystal, was Sakamoto trying to write the boss as Adam Malkovich? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Father, brother, daughter, lover, all those things and more.
1: Somehow we didn't get Snake uh, crawling around crying.
2: I mean, he got tortured so hard he pissed himself, but that's a little different.
1: No, I mean, in relation to talking to the boss.
2: I mean, the. He was really pathetic in a few sequences. It just didn't have the same um, tone. As- I could be wrong. Crystal, how pathetic was uh, Naked Snake?
0: Not as pathetic as Samus here. That's very true. So the the bottle ship is moving now. It seems like MB is trying to uh, attack the Federation with the ship. And Adam's plan is to blow up Sector Zero with the Self-Destruct Protocol. And he's
2: got to be the one to do it because he can't fight Ridley and Samus can fight Ridley. See you later.
1: Even though I would probably question her ability to fight Ridley given the structure that this game has set up.
0: I'm sorry, Crystal. Please continue. Adam says, Samus, I wish I could battle Ridley, but I can't. Unlike you, I'm no galactic savior. I'm merely human, but I can save you. You should be completely healed soon. There isn't much time we both need to get started on our mission I'm sorry for getting a little rough with you. good luck samus
2: you see him reflected in her eye he is literally all she's seeing and all that we're seeing through her
1: I would like to posit that firstly you should not have your 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 uh, romantic cool guy interest beat samus in anything anything any ground based thing, anything, but and especially not, you know, Combat. the thing that she does. Consider a space battle. But also, I like to posit to you that if you must, then setting up a scenario where smart guy outwits her to doing the task and goes, bah, ha, ha, got you this time. It's like, see you around lady or something uh, is a
2: much better scene. So you're saying, like, if he had released the infant Metroid. And then snuck into Sector Zero and locked the door as she killed it.
1: Yes. I'm like, finally got one on you.
2: That would have preserved the integrity of her autonomy, yes. But that's not this story.
0: No, she needs to be physically disabled so that she cannot stop Adam from going to Sector Zero. But she can give a dramatic thumbs down as she, with tears in her eyes. Crystal, the, her staggering
2: after Adam, flashing in and out of her suit... Um, slamming her fist into the door crying for him obviously this is supposed to be the most emotional sequence in the whole story um what's what's the Metal gear solid equivalent of this the microwave hallway i don't know is there one is it just that Metal gear solid somehow was never this maudlin i guess it's the microwave hallway i love her just ineffectually pounding on that fucking blast door glass with her little fist
1: Effectively, I guess in MGS3, it was the first part where the boss committed a war crime.
2: Oh yes. yeah, where. Oh yeah, it's it's totally the boss
0: throwing Snake yes. off the bridge.
1: Yes. Which was a better scene.
0: <laughs> that was a good scene. Adam vanished, my best friend, the person who understood me best, the closest thing to a father I had. Thoughts swirled through my head. I couldn't come to grips with what had happened. Such a cruel way to say goodbye. I was the only one who witnessed Adam's last moment, and though it shook me, I was calmer than I usually am. I think Adam granted me that eye of the storm clarity, his final gift. So that act—that Adam's totally alive, right? Absolutely. That's why he, he had to go this way.
2: Yeah. So he—he he, <laughs> he just leaves, shuts the door, takes off his outfit, and says, "Holy fucking shit! She is hard to convince."
1: <laughs> um. God, this is so dog shit. There is no way that Sakamoto was not crying and jacking off as he was writing this. What the fuck? What? (laughs) (laughs) He was! You keep keep going. (laughs) I see his whole ass here.
2: His dick was definitely in his hand a little bit. I know as as a person who writes a little bit, there are certain elements that go into these. And I'm not saying that it's always a sexual element. Your dick can be in your hands for a lot of reasons.
1: We have all written like as, as... teenagers you know that dramatic fic that we felt very moved by and you know there's i'm sure elements of it that are still very effective that you could work into a very moving scene that others will also feel but you probably shouldn't publish that fanfic at this stage in this medium to this in this way
2: she has actually said harsher things about the writing process of cormac mccarthy
1: Oh, well, Cormac McCarthy's just jacking off all the time.
2: I think what you said was, I could feel him jacking off onto every page.
1: Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry if you like Cormac McCarthy. I find him, and his prose awful. He likes to convince you that he knows big words. Also, that it's very cool when he doesn't put in quotation marks. It's not cool.
2: It's not cool? No. I thought it was cool.
1: It's fine,
2: Monica's but it's not now cool. Being, Monica's now being gentler. Because no, I'm,
1: I think it, you could convince me I could read, I have read books without them that work fine. It didn't make it cool though, McCarthy.
2: He's dead as shit now.
1: Oh, is he? Good.
2: God damn! <laughs> um, okay, well, so Sector Zero disengages, flies out, and we actually never see it explode. We just see Samus walking away. She's walking fine now. But we to-
1: never see it explode?
2: No. oh we
1: see the rumble
2: okay yeah the facility just kind of rumbles a little bit even though i'm pretty sure that's not how explosions work in space well crystal how sad are you that adam is dead i'm glad that he got to go home from his job (laughs) but treating the story as a like as sakamoto intended us to experience it uh at least there won't be any more adam scenes oh that's a beautiful dream but they're all adam scenes aren't they
0: yeah, I guess.
2: Samus gets back her gravity suit when she's almost sucked out into space. And she decides, I can't rely on Adam to direct me anymore. And then Nightmare is like, I'm not totally dead. And Samus is like, I have the gravity suit. Fuck you.
1: Oh, you do fight Nightmare?
2: Yes, a second time. Okay, that's, cool. That's the part that you remember. Crystal, no, no, I saw the first time. Crystal, what happens with Ridley? You also missed this, Monica. She finds Ridley, but Ridley's... Already dead. This is a little bit before that. I'm talking about the part where Ridley's wounded at about one fifty one twenty. One fifty 150, one twenty. One fifty one. One hour fifty one minutes and twenty seconds into Metroid: Other M. All cutscenes, game, movie, full story, 4K Ultra HD. That's in
0: the middle of Adam dying.
2: One hour fifty one twenty. Seconds. It
0: might be out of sync.
2: We could be out of sync. I am watching this on VLC. Um, I, I'm at the part where Ridley's attacked by what's clearly a queen Metroid. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, th- I thought you were a little bit after that where Samus finds his corpse. I thought that seemed... So, so Samus
1: doesn't fight Ridley?
0: No. 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 So
1: Adam's no. assessment was completely wrong, and in fact, there was a queen Metroid who can lay yes. other Metroids
0: on the ship. Yep. His sacrifice is solely pointless. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh- Samus even mentions before that the Federation could easily blow up this entire ship if it came to it. Yeah. So it seems like they should just let it go to Federation space, give them a warning, leave the ship, the Federation shoots it down. Uh, The correct option here is to evacuate. Yes.
1: I would like to also posit there's probably a self-destruct button on this ship. Not just that in general there's self-destruct buttons in the Metroid universe, but for an experimental bioweapon facility, there's gonna be a self-destruct weapon. Are you kidding me?
2: Now, before Samus finds Ridley's body, she does find one other corpse, and that is beard guy, James. The last on. Un- he's he's the last person who could have been the the deleter. Which means he must be the deleter. But someone killed him off screen. Crystal, isn't it true that the the Identity of the Deleter
0: isn't confirmed, though? The identity of the leader is a subject of controversy. Some Metroid wikis believe that uh, Goatee Man is the Deleter. Some say that the leader's identity is unconfirmed, but it is strongly implied to be Goatee Man.
2: Now, obviously, it has to be Goatee Man. does it have to be? Okay, so let's say for sure that it is someone on Adam's squad okay would you agree that it is not anthony or adam no it could be adam <laughs> that's how he got out but adam's been in the communications thing the whole time he was like talking on the phone when um J- um what was his name not jd k k k g got murdered oh that's true i guess it can't be adam and we can probably agree that it's probably
0: not anthony why couldn't it be anthony
2: um, because Anthony is visibly way bigger than the Deleter when we see the Deleter kill KG. Okay. Okay, so we agree it's probably not Adam and Anthony.
1: It'd be pretty cool if, like, Anthony was, like, a very covert op, so he openly, like, supports Samus through some scenes, but that he's actively being, like, a, a double agent in the background.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be all right. But we, we agree probably not Adam and Anthony. Now, we also agree... That it cannot be any of the people who have been killed by the Deleter. Right. So we also agree that it cannot be Lyle because Lyle died before the Deleter started killing anyone. Right. Okay. So that leaves us with Maurice, um, KG, and James. Maurice is killed by the Deleter with a freeze gun. Um, Madeline Bergman saw it happen.
1: Madeline Bergman is not a reliable source.
2: Okay, but he was shot to death with a freeze gun, and Samus confirmed this while examining the corpse. Sure. And she was also then immediately attacked thereafter by the person that she identified as the deleter.
1: Was that the big machine thing? Yes. Okay.
2: So we agree it's probably not Maurice who was killed by the deleter. So we are left with two options, KG and James. Now... Could it be KG? We know that there was one person who was never identified that was killed by the deleter and thrown into magma so their body can't be recovered.
1: Whose perspective was that?
2: The deleters. Shut up. (laughs) What do you
1: mean? (laughs) These shots should be framed in a way and observed by someone.
2: Yeah, they... Shut up. Listen, you're not seeing the vision, man. There's vision. Okay, so if the person who was killed and dumped into the magma, we agree their body could not have been found. Right. And James's body was found, which means he's not the person dumped into the magma.
0: I can't argue with this logic, no.
2: Ergo, KG, as one of the last two people who could have been dumped into the magma, must have been the person dumped into the magma. Okay. Through deductive reasoning, we can conclude conclusively without a shadow
0: of a doubt that if all of these premises are true, (laughs) that James must be the deleter. That makes sense because the camera sure did treat him suspiciously throughout the whole game every time he showed up.
1: I would like to posit that there is no deleter.
0: Okay, hold on. No deleter theory. Interesting.
1: None of the Federation officers are the deleter.
2: Because this is a training exercise for a clone.
1: Well, not even that, but Madeline Bergman is not a reliable source. She, uh, spoilers, has the ability to affect... Other things on the ship to fire things.
2: So she could have made Maurice shoot himself.
1: Yes, or, you know, have a Sebesian with a space ice gun, I don't or know. Or she
2: could have taken control of James.
1: Sure, and navigated corpses around.
2: Wait, you're actually putting forth the no-deleter theory? Yes!
0: Crystal, how do you feel about no-deleter theory? I like no-deleter theory because I think it's too obvious if Goatee Man who was treated by the camera very suspiciously like you would a red herring, was actually the deleter all along. I think maybe it was MB. I kind of love how
2: unimportant the deleter storyline ends up being. Because this bit where Samus finds James's body, the deleter never comes up again. It's over now. All the principal actors are dead, which means this story doesn't matter anymore.
1: Who has killed James? Um... Or what?
2: Probably... uh, madeline berkman with scare quotes because yeah the leader did show up on her
1: okay so we have a plot line of convenience here where you think that the big issue is going to be this deleter, it is not and there is some other intelligence on this structure who wants to break down all of the officers and their morale and their trust in each other and systematically go through and kill all of them. It's MB.
0: MB, the deleter. Yes. <sighs> yeah, I'm into this theory. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go along with it for now, even if I don't agree with it. Ridley gets killed off screen by the Queen Metroid, and then Samus kills the Queen Metroid, which is the opposite of what Adam <laughs> thought that she should take. Hey, Crystal, what do you do
2: to all the little Metroids that uh, the Queen Metroid spawns throughout this? <sighs> Well, you freeze them up and then you shoot them with a missile. Remember that thing that Adam said where it was very likely that the Metroids could no longer be frozen? Well, not in their larval stage.
1: Are these larval Metroids? Larval Metroids can't really suck on people.
2: They clearly can. Oh, these are big Metroids. These are big Metroids. Yes,
0: they are are full-size stage. So Adam was completely wrong. Adam's Adam's He died for no reason. (laughs) Probably because he was just making shit up because it was his cue to exit the stage.
2: It may be that it's mentioned somewhere that the Queen Metroid was a perfect unaltered clone.
1: Why would you say?
2: But the point is to make him better. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. And
1: certainly the by or the offspring of this unaltered creature
0: would be all unaltered as well.
1: But they would want it altered. Oh, okay. Uh what else is there to do?
0: It's time to meet a a new survivor. What? With red hair.
1: How dare they? We are four-fifths of the way through this movie.
0: And now it's time for the real story.
2: So Samus has to chase down this middle-aged woman with red hair. And she chases her in. And oh, 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 what's in there? Metroid eggs. Oh, my goodness. That's impossible. She turns around. It's like, Ridley's dead. And it's like, oh, a queen Metroid.
1: No, we killed the Queen Metroid.
2: No, that's just where she runs into the redhead first.
0: Oh. The survivor explains that she is the real Madeline Bergman. And the Madeline that Samus met earlier is actually MB. An android created with the intellectual data of Mother Brain, who consequently developed Mother Brain's consciousness. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Their foolish plan. Mother Brain's rampage. Everything that happened here... Was just as MB said. This is very. This is a v- much more fun
0: game to watch in 1.5 speed. So the person who really sent out the distress call was the person, the real Madeline Bergman with the red hair. Yeah.
1: Who looks old enough to run a facility like
0: this? She's Madeline Bergman, MB for middle aged. <laughs> and Metroid Other M is the only Metroid game to pass the Bechtel test. I. I guess that's probably true. Wait, hold on. But did, did, what, Does it twice
2: even? Hold on, hold on. Did Samus- t- No, Samus doesn't say any words to Gandreda.
0: Shit. I think you're right. Samus is generally not a big talker.
1: What about, uh, <laughs> we don't know the gender of um, Uncle Bird in oh, Dread. Oh,
0: true.
2: True. It could be the case that Quiet Robe was a woman. That's true. Yeah, it
0: could be
1: questionable passing of the digital test
2: so crystal at first mb didn't look like a person so what No. why did why did mb end up
0: looking like a person so at first she was just a big brain in the tube, like mother brain but because the point of mb is to control the metroids they needed the first metroid baby to recognize mb as its mother so she had to take the form of a living thing So in order to create the ideal relationship with the Metroid, one that was not based on dominance or control. (laughs) And in fact, Samus has a flashback to when the baby attacked Mother Brain to save her. And she she makes the connection that that is exactly the kind of ideal relationship that they were trying to develop with MB. Mother and child. The baby. Yes. MB also stands for Mother Baby. (laughs) So MB is sort of... Patterning herself after Samus Aaron, mother of a baby Metroid. You're suggesting that MB is itself patterned on Samus. Yes, which explains why she looks exactly
2: she looks like, Samus. like Samus. Now, Monica, you had a thought regarding this.
1: Yeah. No. I. Yes, I did. What? Somewhat later, when we're dealing with buggy thingies holding down a room. Uh, if you watch our our live watch of of this movie. I stated that I had reached a revelation and it was recounting these lines and just the desire to have a human uh, mother for these Metroids as a form of controlling the Metroids. The conclusion was that uh, the Federation observed Samus and the, the hatchlings bond and was like, hey, we know one definitive person who has formed that sort of maternal bond with Metroids, let us recreate her. Let us reproduce this relationship.
2: So your suggestion is that MB's human body is a clone of Samus.
1: Yes, but what I'm also saying is that version one of this plan was somebody more directly Samus in mind, aka this clone, (laughs) the player Samus.
0: So it's kind of a solid snake, liquid snake situation. Which, which clone will persevere? Yes.
1: Uh, it didn't work out well because I think it was just still too Samus. Even when tied very heavily to an Adam Malkovich concept uh, and, and having a lot of feelings about the baby Metroid, uh, the clone just ended up very depressed <laughs> and not willing to use Metroids. Therefore, they needed to reach out to Mother Brain. They put it in a Samus body clone and there we have it two clones of samus
2: competing to see which of them can be the metroid the ultimate weapon
0: as mb uh developed her ability to learn was greater than expected and we see flashbacks of her acting Kind of in the same way that young Samus acted with Adam. Yes. Sort of being very uh, uh, brash and naive and childish. She developed emotions, then a nascent sense of herself. She began asserting her own thoughts, and her opinions began to contradict ours. Uh Uh-huh. It's quite typical for artificial intelligence to to evolve as a result of self-analysis. However, there's no precedent for an AI like MB developing emotions it's possible that her interactions with the metroids brought it about but we don't know for sure and samus in her internal narration says the newly hatched infant took to her like his mother perhaps at that moment mb began to develop a soul
1: yeah like how women develop a soul when they become mothers
0: (laughs) yes that is yes
2: That And and, as commentaries on womanhood go, this is probably the dimmest in the entire game.
1: I have so many things to say.
2: Even if she's not, even if we don't read her as a literal clone of Samus, she's clearly supposed to be analogous to Samus. Yes. Yes. She is to Madeline as Samus is to Adam. Except Madeline's a mother, so she fucks up harder.
1: Yeah, this is the uh, God of War issue. God of War remake.
2: Yeah, God of War 2018.
1: (sighs) Uh... Um, I I like the parallel of the clones much better.
0: Yeah, I'd say this is probably the most well-done part of the story. You think so? Grading on a curve?
1: I don't know. Assuming for clones?
0: Yeah. What if we don't assume for clones? What if we just read the story as it's presented to us? Even if we read the story as it's presented, I think that it does a good job of creating a parallel between MB and Samus. That's true, but I think the parallel itself is toxic. That's true.
2: Like, when... I don't mean toxic in the sense of like, oh, it has a bad attitude. I mean toxic in the sense of it poisons everything around it.
1: If you're going to have a character and have this whole thing about how she gains sentience or sapience when becoming a mother, you'd think that in later scenes when this, she would have some sort of a maternal feeling towards Metroids. And and use that in some way. Well,
2: we never actually see her. Interact yeah. No, there's with no more further
1: Metroiding. Yeah. When you have a baby, you gotta take care of the baby.
2: But Crystal, what happened with MB after she was adopted by Madeline Bergman?
0: They just well, they they tried to uh, fix her brain to make it work how they wanted. It with to. no emotions. Yes, but she began treating Madeline like a mother. And Madeline started calling M.B. Melissa, kind, kind of a mother-daughter relationship developing. Uh-huh. So now she's the grandma of the Metroids. Yes.
1: I would like to say that Melissa is a good name for the the Queen Bee, the mother brain.
0: Yes. But once Melissa felt abandoned and hunted by her mother, she commanded the special forces to revolt, and that caused the chaos on the station. And she wants to get revenge on the Federation. I I like the part where she kills everyone.
1: Did she want to ram this ship onto a world and have it eaten by Metroids?
0: Yes. She was going for yes. the Galactic Federation homeworld. Okay. And we basically jump straight from this cutscene into the final boss fight, right? I, I mean, basically. Actually, yes, absolutely. So there's like no
2: pacing in this game. Right, because then Madeline shows up, MB, and she's like, I have a gun. I'm going to kill the humans because they were foolish and I will bring judgment on them.
1: Sakamoto really wanted to write a noir. He wanted to write a mystery, moody piece. I kind of like the idea of a noir in space, space noir.
2: Oh, you mean with the deleter?
1: With the deleter, with the woman with a gun as we see over here in the emotional climax of this whatever, the
2: worst with the part,
1: depressed protagonist.
2: The, I think the worst part about this is, Crystal, you're right that the relationship between Madeline and Melissa is the best part of this story. Yeah. Like, easily. And if there was just a bit of editing, a little bit of a rewrite here, this sequence where the two of them face each other down could genuinely be a really good scene. Yeah. But that's not this movie. Madeline's been in it for literally 10 minutes and she's just been expositing the entire time. Yep. so this sucks ass and what could be really good is instead really bad Madeline's like I'll never fail you again and Melissa's like hmm and then she like fucking shoves Madeline and it's like oh she killed her by breaking her spine but she actually did it to get Madeline out of the way of being shot by a thingy and then it's Melissa who gets shot by the freeze ray which implies that the soldier was actually aiming at Madeline Bergman (laughs) with the freeze gun (laughs)
1: Who do you shoot in the room? The <laughs> evil scientist lady or the evil AI who has got psychic powers. Or I guess Samus is also not We sure. ain't having
2: no middle-aged women in this movie.
1: I guess this is also mother and child. It is proving the whole concept. When you got a mother, the child's got feelings about the mom.
2: Crystal, why was that guy aiming at Madeline?
0: Because uh, their orders are to kill everyone here.
2: Oh, and she's the one who would actually die if shot. Yes. That makes sense. And then, to me, this is the worst scene in the game. What happened? Well, um, okay, maybe it's not the worst one yet. What happens is they all come in and they're all like, hey, 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 it's now time for the government shadowing organization to step in and take care of things. And Melissa's like, I'm not actually dead for being frozen like that. It's time for everyone to get space pirated to death. And so begins the final boss fight of the main story. Crystal, what's the final boss fight of the main story? Uh, you shoot some bugs. And it's all in first person, you say? Yep. So it's not very interactive? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm glad that that happened.
0: You stand still and you shoot the bugs. Just keep shooting them.
1: We had a great dramatic time of it. Why doesn't she call? Why don't you put the Queen Metroid here?
0: Great question. Okay. So
2: Samus shoots the bug, and she can't kill all the bugs for some reason, but she shoots the bug. And then eventually you get a shot where it actually, I think, is waiting for you to aim at Melissa. So once you aim at Melissa, Madeline jumps in and shoots Melissa with the freeze gun to stop her. And we know Madeline can, uh, Melissa can dodge this, so I guess she just takes it. But as soon as she's frozen, a little tiny evil man says fire, and a million guys shoot Melissa at once with all their machine guns. And she's like, "Arg!" and she dies with one of the female pain sounds from GoldenEye. (laughs) And Madeline drops her gun like, no, you shot her after I shot her. What the fuck? It does uh,
1: disable the Zebesians.
2: These aren't Zebesians. They're
1: Zebesian clones. Sure. Insect clones. Whatever. A different thing. It was kind of important to stop Melissa a little bit.
0: And Here comes Napoleon. Here comes the Colonel, who looks a lot like Colonel Campbell. He does look a lot like Colonel Campbell.
1: Can you convey s- evilness <laughs> any more obvious? He steps on the beret, Brett. He- He's wearing he a beret. Yes.
2: And he's like, well, Samus, (laughs) I guess you've managed to do some decent work here. But as you're not part of this operation, I must ask you to leave. And now I will evilly take prisoner Madeline Bergman over here and this poor girl's corpse and everything that you did will just be pointless. I guess you better go. And Samus is like, okay, I guess I better go. And that's the worst scene in the game. Because Samus is spoken to by an authority figure who's doing something that's plainly visibly evil in a research facility full of information that could threaten the entire universe. And Samus just goes, okay, I will listen to authority.
0: Why? It's interesting that they let her live.
1: Yes, well, see, it is that, pretty interesting.
2: That they let Samus live? That doesn't
1: make a lot of sense.
2: That they let Samus Yeah, live? why are
0: they letting Samus live? I think
2: you understand intrinsically that this guy knows that every guy in here, if they tried to kill Samus right now, they wouldn't be able to do it. She could just stand there with her shooting at them and it wouldn't do much.
1: So he's just going to swagger at her and she'll just leave and then they're going to kill her later?
2: Yes. Well, no, not even that. He doesn't have to because she is ultimately a lapdog of the government. This scene makes Samus into a bootlicker. She is constrained by the law because the law is righteous. And in fact, that's what rescues her in this scene when Anthony, turns out he wasn't dead, but he shows up with Fucking orders from the chairman of the Galactic Federation to specifically take every survivor away, and this can't be overridden by this weird colonel guy, and it turns out that in the end, the law will always protect you, and the government and the police are always on your side. Hate this fucking game. Piece of shit. God damn it.
0: At least Anthony is alive.
2: At least Anthony is alive.
0: I am glad Anthony is alive.
2: God bless Anthony. I like the sequence of him falling onto a lava monster and then shooting it with an ice beam.
1: Now, I'd like to posit that he's showing a great degree of skill.
2: Yeah, he's cartoonishly good at this.
1: If we did have a deleter on the team, I would say it's Anthony.
2: Okay, Crystal. This is the end of the game's main narrative.
1: I was the insane one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they, they get out with Madeline Bergman. And as Madeline Bergman is falling asleep, what does she say to herself, Crystal?
0: What does Sam say to herself? No, what
2: does Madeline Bergman say as she's drifting off to sleep?
0: What does she say? Well,
2: she's thinking about how uh, Melissa was accused of insanity because she developed emotions. So as she's drifting off, Madeline says, I was the insane one. I was, oh yes, I was the insane one.
1: As there's a a giant stardust image of uh, Melissa. Melissa... In the background, which is very, like, what are we supposed to feel for this?
2: We're supposed to feel I was the insane one for playing this game. <laughs> Just like Madeline Bergman said, yeah, I why was the insane one. did you play one.
1: this all the way to the end? It's
2: a good question. I remember that you, when we watched this, Crystal, you loved that line. Yeah. The thing you said was so true, that I, as I often say to myself
0: when falling asleep. <laughs> I was the insane
2: I one. I was the insane one.
0: You know, sometimes you fall asleep and you realize that you are the insane <laughs> one. <laughs> That's true. The selfish conceits of humans drove MB to violence. It was their distorted perceptions and greed that awoke such fury in the fledgling girl's heart. Her thought was to punish the foolish and conceited, but MB could not complete her mission. As Melissa, she was defeated. With their one vulnerability overcome, the Metroids were indestructible. If some fool just following orders had taken the savage creatures to those who sought them, I can't imagine what would have happened if Adam hadn't recognized the looming danger. But the cost was far too great. Why did Adam have to pay with his life? For me, I couldn't believe he was dead. For the first time, I questioned his choice. This is the moment. The first time. First time. (laughs) I heard Adam's voice in my head, and I knew in my heart that he made the right decision, just as he had so many years ago. That voice, of course, saying, no objections, right, lady. In that moment I swore not to grieve his death and for the first time I gave him a thumbs up just in case he was watching over me.
1: <laughs> I say I love her outfit here.
2: Yeah, I like it. It's got she's wearing like a high neck tunic with uh, button sleeves. It's pretty cool looking. And then Anthony gives her a thumbs down. And he's like, "I don't know what I'm doing this for, but ah fuck it."
1: I'm sure he knows.
2: I'm just bust- her whole He's bit. like, "I'm just busting your balls, princess." Samus really has a thing for shoving Anthony when he teases him. You know, as girls do.
0: What happens um, after the
2: credits? Well, see, um, the whole facility is still full of monsters, so they're set to hit it with demolitions. But Samus is like, there's something there that I gotta get. So she goes back and she does 100% completion to find something that's irreplaceable. And when she gets to the very top of it... She finds a boss, and that boss is um, Fantoon. What's Fantoon doing here? Fantoon from Super Metroid is here. And what's Fantoon again?
1: A ghost. The ghost
2: of Mother Brain. It's the ghost of Mother Brain. So we can read this Fantoon as being one of, I guess, um, three things. And I don't know which it's supposed to be. This is either the same Fantoon that we fought in Super Metroid... This is the ghost of the Super Metroid Mother Brain, just like Super Metroid's Fantoon was the ghost of the first Metroid's Mother Brain. Or this is the ghost of Melissa Bergman returned for Revenge. So what do y'all think? What is Fantoon here? Monica is tuned out. She's gone. It's
1: an interesting boss that we can reuse assets.
2: Is it interesting though?
1: It's interesting how it looks like a Calamity Ganon with Wall Masters.
2: Crystal, what do you think this Fantoon is? Hmm,
0: What is this Fantoon?
2: Besides a very long fight.
0: It is. It's the the Japanese manual that establishes the Ghost of Mother Brain thing, right? I
2: believe so. It might also be the uh, English one, too. Let me
0: check.
1: It's pulling up malice portals.
0: Yes, I know, baby. The Super Metroid English manual calls it the ghost of the ship taps into the vicious brainwaves of Mother Brain. Right. Yes. But the um the concept art for other M describes it as an entity hidden within a vessel used by the Chozo long ago. So that means that this is the same Fantoon. Is that what we're to get from this? I'm reading from the Metroid Wiki's description, the translation of the gallery mode. Okay the Japanese gallery mode. As you do. Another version of Fantoon's background is given in its concept art for Other M, which describes it as an entity who was hidden within a vessel used by the Chozo long ago. It apparently traveled with the ancient race through space for an unknown amount of time until they reached planet Zebes, where the vessel would eventually become the wrecked ship. The same concept art further describes Fantoon as a multi-dimensional creature, whose entire body cannot exist in a single dimension, thus giving it its ghost-like characteristics. This signifies that the body that Samus sees as Fantoon in both games is but a portion of its overall structure, in which its full size, mass, and appearance remain unknown.
1: Ah. Uh,
0: so what does that tell us? It must be the ghost of Melissa. <laughs>
2: okay, thank you. Okay.
1: Why? Why were the Chozo like traveling with the giant phantom ship? Evil thing. It's
2: the ghost of Melissa, it's fine. Okay,
0: cool. Chozo love to do shit like that. Chozo
2: do love to do shit like
0: that. Hey Chozo, why are you doing this evil experiment? There you go. It's like what
2: what else am I supposed to be doing, smart guy? And then I don't know what to say. He's a Chozo. I don't speak Spanish. Okay. So after you defeat Fantoon, the weird Chozo ghost that is Melissa Berkman, MB mother mother baby. MB means mother baby because she's both mother and the baby. Fuck me. Um, Samus kills Melissa Bergman and then she finds the single irreplaceable thing, which is Adam's helmet, which he probably left behind when he saw Samus about talking to MB and decided that he had to save her from doing something um, destructive. And she holds it against her like this like a pillow, and uh, then the whole thing is going to explode. She got here just in time, and then she has to do an escape sequence where she's just in her zero suit the whole time. She's phased out of her zero suit so she could hug the helmet between her breasts while really grand swelling music is playing and get an escape sequence. And then Samus leaves, roll credits.
1: She remarks to All the right. helmet, let's go Sorry home. Sorry for
2: keeping you waiting, Adam. Let's go home and that's the actual end of Metroid Other M.
0: Crystal, did you have a good time with Metroid Other M? Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that we we watched it and discussed it. Clones. So we're all in, we're all in on clone Samus MGS2 simulation theory, right? Yes,
2: are we in on the double clone Samus? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I'm in on it too. Uh, so this this takes place after Metroid 4 then. It has to. Yes. Probably running in okay. parallel to Dread even.
1: Because if we think about it, it makes no sense that this would happen in a continuity or, or you know, in reality, actual things with
2: between Super and Fusion, Fusion. to the
1: same person.
2: Yeah, it couldn't.
1: Because uh, Samus in Fusion is somewhat surprised at a ship that has all of these different biomes. Yeah, and she's
2: like, this is the wildest thing I've ever that seen. That
1: Metroids were being uh, used biologically, whereas <laughs> all of that is in this game.
2: Which means that the Samus who experiences Metroid Fusion is not the same person who experiences Other M, which means that the way that Adam dies in Other M is not the way that Fusion Adam died.
1: Right, because, right. you know, there was probably an awesome space battle.
2: Do you realize that we have made this a real Metroid game simply because it can't be canonical with the other Metroid games? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, like makes That's what makes it real Metroid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Because all of the other Metroids have weird inconsistencies. This is just really big ones.
2: Visually a fine game. Lore wise, a true Metroid. I would say Does this Samus appear in any other games? I've actually been nursing the idea. They're not going to do this. They can't do this. There's no way for them to do this because they weren't thinking that when they wrote this game. But you know how there is a particular hunter from Metroid Prime Hunters that Tanabe has been quietly trying to put over for twenty years?
1: Silux. Whose gender is carefully avoided in all of the materials.
2: And has a big um, grudge against the Federation and Samus specifically. And some people uh-huh. are have theorized for a long time that Silux may be a Samus clone. Okay. If Silux, okay. the main enemy of Metroid Prime 4, was Other M. Samus. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd actually be really good.
1: They're never going <laughs> to... They,
2: they, they won't. They can't. <laughs>
1: but they probably won't do anything more with either of these. They're definitely not going to do anything related to Other M.
2: I mean, they've got Other M imagery in Dread. That game still exists. It's part of the canon It does exist,
1: them. yeah. They're not going to totally So,
2: I mean, it's possible. It's
1: possible. It'd be pretty cool. Be
2: pretty good.
1: Anyway, Clone Theory can explain for a scenario of why this Samus is the way she is and gives a level of grace... If she was raised by Adam, literally, and, you know, had installed traumas for the convenience of government control, this all clicks. It all makes sense.
2: Yes, they were literally grooming her to have a specific relationship with this father figure.
1: Yes, and this whole parent-child thing seems to be their modus operandi.
2: So Metroid Other M. Samus is the Raiden Of Metroid. I guess so. Monica, you never played Metal Gear Solid 2.
1: I watched you play through.
2: Did you? Yes. Crystal, how do you feel about Metroid Other M. Samus as the... You came up with it, but how do you feel about Metroid Other M. Samus as Raiden? Uh, It's fine,
0: I guess. It's mostly cope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Crystal, you made it into a coherent story.
0: Being real for a second. Give yourself credit. (laughs) Being real
2: for a second. Us trying to mine anything out of this fucking game is cope. I do like the clone theory. It is the best way for us to engage with this story without wanting to pull out our own eyeballs. But I think that on some level we have to agree to acknowledge as a as a podcast and as a community all of you listening who are Metroid fans, we all have to ag- agree with each other. We all agree shake. We're all shaking hands. This is a really bad story. Uh-huh. And anything we're doing is just trying to paper over how goddamn bad that story is.
1: Look, Death of the author of this awful story, which we have made into a somewhat more palatable story.
2: That is kind of RMO. Now, Crystal, we've been recording for three and one quarter hours at this point, talking about probably the second worst story we've ever seen on this podcast.
1: What the hell was the first one?
2: Hyrule Historia. Ah. Actually- No. Crystal, what's better, this or Hyrule Historia? Hyrule Historia? Yeah, versus Other M, story only. You mean Hyrule Warriors? I'm sorry. Yes, Hyrule Warriors. I was very confused. I'm sorry. It's okay. My Um, my brain was in
0: the wrong place. They're about on par. About on par.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Monica, how do you compare them now that you know what I'm talking about?
1: I have feelings for Link and Samus. Both of the stories did awfully with their characters. I guess Link was a little less mistreated. So this is worse. A little? They made him corrupt. (laughs) Which... It is intolerable for me.
2: That's I think it's more that you just have a much higher emotional investment in link.
1: I really like Samus. I know I have feelings about Samus.
2: But we've been recording for this long crystal. Do you want to just handle some uh, questions from Twitter real quick? No, we're ending the podcast. Oh, okay. well yeah uh, we can, we can record Wait, more we have later Twitter
0: questions. Yeah, we had questions. okay um,
2: from Twitter, from Twitter. okay, let's do okay. It. Uh,
1: rapid fire answering of questions.
2: okay. So Arcadia Girl uh, writes in, Okay, look, I know it's a bad game, and it does its best to character assassinate Samus Aran, and somehow makes the whole Adam relationship even weirder. But do you think it was worth it for short Hair Samus? Or is that just me?
0: short Hair Samus looks pretty good.
2: She's not even wearing short hair at the end. Yeah, all that hair. short Hair Samus is just infantilized Samus specifically. That's bratty Samus. And sure, if you wanted bratty Samus, I guess it's worth it.
1: I would like to see Short Hair Samus in a different scope of work.
2: You would argue we still don't have Short Hair Samus. Yes. How do you feel about it, Crystal?
0: It was worth it.
2: Okay. Um, timed seventeen move slide puzzle. Writes. Would it have been better if it? W- a great, great name by the way. Would it have been better if it was a prequel to all of the Metroid games and not something that happened between Super and Fusion? No. It would have been easier to fit into the timeline, but...
0: I What would have been different about it? Well,
2: see, this it would have been the less experienced version of Samus, as opposed to the Samus who has wiped out everything on SR-388 and defeated the space pirates twice. A lot of people feel that part of the problem with the treatment of Samus' PTSD is how experienced she is. I see. So this is asking if she had been a less experienced uh, character, if this had been set... During her early career, when she was actually in the Federation military, would it have been more palatable?
1: No, it's still awful. It I would have it, been awful there.
2: I think it it would still be awful, but I think it could be better. Monica's shrugging.
0: I think it'd be about the same. Okay. Thank you, Crystal.
2: From Ellen. If they called you in at the end of its production, and you could cut, reorder, and do minor edits as you wished for a few weeks, could you save Metroid Other M? No. No.
1: No, but... Uh, The starting point would be removing all the internal narration.
2: Like, even that wouldn't save it, though.
1: No, it wouldn't.
2: I I don't think that there's enough here to rearrange into a good version of this story.
1: You'd have to cut whole cutscenes. I would at
2: least need to be able to bring the actors back in. But if I'm coming in at the end for the editing process, no shot. I'm screwed. Eleanor Mueller writes in, Why is it like that? Internalized misogyny.
1: I can't write a romance.
2: I mean, it's a lot to expect him to talk to a woman before writing a game.
1: Uh huh. Or think as a woman. Uh huh.
2: You don't want to say anything about him jacking off?
1: I already did. It's fine.
2: Crystal, why is it like that? It's just his vision. Mothy writes in Now, can anyone tell just now anyone can tell just at a glance that the voice direction and English script were quite bad? Is there any truth to the idea that it works somewhat better in Japanese,
0: or is that just cope? It's almost definitely cope. I don't know about the Japanese voice acting, but I can't imagine that the script is much better.
1: I see this as an elaborate trap to get us to rewatch this in Japanese, and Mothy, it's not going to happen.
2: Also, which games in the Metroid series are canon to Other M? All of them. Well, which games do the Chozo not existing? Um, uh, the first Metroid. Uh, probably Metroid 2. After that, they're kind of a thing. Okay, so it's a sequel to those ones.
1: Yeah, well, they're all... Keep
2: in mind that those don't take place in the same time. Yeah,
1: it's all canon. It's just separate timelines.
2: Crystal, did you forget that each mainline Metroid is its own fucking timeline?
0: That's true. I forgot (laughs) about that.
2: Okay, and M. Healy writes in, and this is the last one, is it as bad as it is remembered?
1: It's worse. It's somehow worse.
2: Well, you heard it from these two. I've got nothing else to add. Crystal, where can we find you online?
0: Arcane Crystal on Twitter, Arcane Crystal on Patreon. You can listen to this one week early. Eidolon Playtest actual play podcast about mystery-solving teens, one set in 1980, one set in the year 2000. It's called Eidolon Disco and Eidolon Ska. I'm Eidolon Ska playing the Detective Prince in the year 2000. That's that's a really
2: great sell. And again, if you want to actually go along with our little watch-along and see crystal monica and me react to this dreck in real time you can do that at crystals patreon patreon.com slash arcane crystal you want to close out with a baby joke
0: <laughs> yeah Ooh,
2: that is a rich
0: well it's comes from MomJunction.com. 126 funny baby jokes that will make you laugh a friend asked me if she should have a baby after 40 i said no 40 babies are <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a good joke. Thank you for
2: the good joke, Kristen. Yeah. All right, bye.
1: Bye.